This is Let's See What Happens, a free-form discussion to talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to be offended, don't listen. If you do want to be offended, there's a good chance you will be. I hope you like this one. Let's see what happens. I am, uh, so I heard you the first time I heard you. Uh, actually, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Just so that uh, the people that are listening, uh, I don't sure. want to screw up your last name. It's okay. <laughs> no worries. My name is Adam Hadari. I am the founder and CEO of Effective Fitness Training and the admin of Police Post and a few other law enforcement pages. Uh, I have about seven years in law enforcement, recently left March last year to run Effective Fitness full-time, um, basically trying to help cops not be fat asses. I love it. That's what... Basically, uh, that's it. So I, it's funny. I forget where we were going. I think we were going to... I think we were going to visit my aunt in Georgia when I was listening to the podcast with you and Andy. And uh, I, I I stopped it because I had it on like my AirPods and my, I played a little bit for my wife and she looked at me and she goes, is that you? Is that you talking about the fat cut? Because like I'm just a very big proponent of like what are if you're going to be in this line of work, you need to be pushing yourself to the highest caliber you can be at, you know, and. I listened to it and I was just like, man, I wonder, and that was before I ever had Instagram or anything. I hadn't been on social media in forever. And my wife like convinced me, she's like, you should get on social media just for the podcast, just to like reach out to people like that. Cause you're going to have better luck getting into contact with them through social media. And obviously it did work. So that was good. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, when I heard you <laughs> talking about the fat cops, I, I feel like it's one of those things that a lot of for whatever reason, a lot of people in law enforcement, it's like they want to ignore it. Even if they're fit themselves, they want to like ignore other fat cops or out of shape cops or cops that just aren't mentally in the game. And it's like, Hey man, that's my backup is how I look at it. Like these, you know, I don't know about where you were at the agency you were at, but, uh, were you with a PD or, uh, I was with the state law enforcement agency. Oh, South okay. Carolina. All right. Okay. So let me ask you this. If at least sometimes with our agency, uh, we, and I, I think this is just how people cope with this sort of thing in general, but uh, we'll have a lot of times where like I'm on SWAT and canine and we, I'm sure as you know, especially the SWAT guys, we're very competitive, like very, very competitive. Everything's a competition. And when we have things like our physical ability, our annual physical abilities test, we're all going balls to the wall. Like, I totally disagree with the physical abilities test being up to the par of what it should be. But that being said, it is what it is. We do it. We're like one of two or three in the state that I think still actually has a required PAT test after you make it through the academy, which is... That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I guess. It's still kind of sad, though, that some people can't do it. It's very... It's like not a very strength like very i don't know it's not a very complex test if you will sure. and some people or even still, job specific for that matter right like, yeah. yeah they have That's added cool. some things more recently that i do feel okay that can translate over like some fine motor skill stuff like opening the trunk with the key actually opening it and pulling it up and then like you come back to the car and you have to dry fire six shots with each hand you have to put on the seat belt when you climb back in the car, stuff like that. Like some fine motor skill stuff, which I think is really 
that's more applicable than some of that. Like, why, why am I stepping over hurdles? You know, two foot high hurdles. I, I understand the jumping of the wall, but the two foot high hurdles. I, I don't know. I've been doing, I've been a cop now for going on 12 years. I've, I have yet to, I've stepped over things, but I've not stepped over three continuous hurdles in a row. So don't really, and I've never serpentined. I've never done that at all. Never serpentined. Career. Yeah. Nope. It's crazy. Never right? crawled under a fence. <laughs> I have crawled under a fence. I've done that actually yeah. several times, but that's with the canine thing. I have to, you know, well, that makes sense. lift, send him under and then I go under and sure. But uh, yeah. So I just, I was curious if at where you were at, was it the norm for the fatties or the lazy people to, um, they would, they will literally like make fun of us for trying. They're like, why you got to try? Oh, it's pass, yeah, no, it's pass or fail. What do you, what are you, what are you trying so hard for? I'm like, yeah, are you kidding it, me? When I first, when I, I first got in my FTO didn't understood or he didn't understand why I drank as much water as I did. I was drinking a lot of coffee at the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why I always carry on a gallon of water? Why did I? Why did I always pack my lunch? Why? It, mm. Just something as simple as this. Well, one, it saves me money. Right? That's that's a big one. Effective. Two, I was obviously into fitness prior to law enforcement, so obviously don't want to lose what I have. And obviously, sitting down, being kind of sedentary for short periods of time or long periods yeah. of time, right? Um, it, yeah, people would make fun of me for it, especially when if I didn't pack a lunch and I would go to. Like like a Harris Teeter or a Publix. I don't know if you guys are. Like, we you have know, Publix, yeah. Local supermarket, okay, yeah. and buy a whole chicken, and that would sometimes be my lunch. And right, really, oh, really, a whole chicken. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then I'll you know kind of nibble on it for you know for the entire shift. Yeah, but you're also home. not getting um, like a big bag of chips and candy. Also, you're getting a chicken. Like I totally. Get I'm it. getting a chicken, or right. or you know if we did stop Chick Fil A's, always kind of a go to oh, yeah. Chipotle and. You know, again, I, I was burning a lot of calories as well working out. And um, it, people, people view it because it's not, it's not what they consider quote-unquote normal, right? right? Uh, what is normal to them uh, may not be normal to you. And did I ever look down on those types of people? No, but I would kind of explain myself as to why I would do this. Well, right. I, I'm trying to make sure I eat enough protein with every meal and just have a sub with some deli meat. Um, you know, in order to grow muscle, you have to eat X amount of protein, you know? And so I try to, I try to educate, but also kind of be a smart ass back at the same time, you you know, cause you got to give it to them. Oh yeah. Especially in our job. (laughs) Right. But it was mostly just, just lack of education and them just not being in that, in that physically prepared space. Oh yeah. And I think, I think some of that though, goes back to the, the mental aspect of it. I think they're not, it's I'm, I, I'll be the first to admit that I fell into like a really bad habit of the energy drinks for a while. Like I was, especially when I, so I started in the jail originally, I was in the jail for like two and a half years. Oh boy. Yeah. That, oh my gosh. It it was both the worst and best thing I think that could have happened because it was definitely more of like a stepping stone for me to get to where I wanted to be. And then the best part about it is I'll tell you right now is those guys in there that you work with still some of the best guys I've ever worked with. Some of my best friends, closest friends now that I know they're the guy that you call in the middle of the night because you're broke down with a flat tire in the middle of the state and they come out and help you. You know what I mean? They, they just, they have your back. So that was great. 
Um, but uh, again, the two and a half years in there, man, I went, I had to go put myself through, uh, they call it the crossover academy to get out onto the road. Um, they, they reimbursed you once you finished, but in order to do so, I was still working. We were like the first class to be allowed to do that in like something like seven or eight years. They hadn't allowed guys from the jail to come out in a very long time just for different reasons, monetary and budget stuff. But uh, they they allowed it and we were the first ones to do it. Well, we were kind of like the guinea pigs of how best to set up the hours. So we would literally, most times, we would still be working our regular rotation of our 12-hour shifts of you'd be on two, you'd be off two, you'd be, you know, do your three, then you'd be off two and so on and so forth. Well, you would go straight to the academy after working your 12 hours and you would have an hour of downtime because the academy people weren't there yet. So we'd sleep in the parking lot for an hour and then we'd have to sit in class for, I think it was six hours. It was from like eight to, is it eight to one or something? So it was like right around six hours. And then we would drive home and I, at the time where I lived, probably 45 minutes from the academy and I carpooled. So it was like even longer because you get to where you actually carpool and then you drive home. And uh, I would sleep for a few hours and then get up and go back to work. And it was like just horrible, horrible on your body. So it was very easy to slip into that habit of the energy drinks to try to like, okay, come on, I'm gonna cut. Cause I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm just not man enough to drink coffee, like black coffee. I just can't do it. And I couldn't get myself to start doing all the <laughs> different creamers and all that stuff. It was too much work. I was like, sure. I would just grab this can. It's cold. It's fine. Whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was one of those things that I fell into that habit and I was doing it for a while. And then finally, I just squashed it and was like, yeah, I'm going to go cold turkey and just not do this anymore. And now I'll drink those... Uh, the healthier ones, the Jocko ones or whatever, because, you know, oh, they, yeah. they they don't really do anything, but it's just something different to drink than water when you're working all night, you know? But sure. uh, yeah, I think that uh, kind of along those lines, it's real easy for guys to slip into those habits of, like you said, it's like, well, I'll just, I'll grab Chick-fil-A, it's easier. And then next thing you know, they're getting, they're getting two meals at Chick-fil-A. And then, ah, oh, well, shoot, Chick-fil-A closes at 10. McDonald's is still open. I'll grab McDonald's. And like, it's, it's, it's not all at once for a lot of these guys. It's like a real slippery slip. Like it's a, it's a convenience thing, especially working nights. And then it turns into just a bad habit that you continue over into your personal sure. life. So I, I don't know. I, I guess there's really not, I don't know. There's not much you can do about it. It's just like anything like a smoker or an addict. Well, if you I, don't want to you know, change, you're not going to. It's it's the putting the education in front of people, which is extremely important. It's in it's cramming it down their fucking throats until they really understand. Until it's too late, right? Because we know what the data shows, right? Cops are twenty one times more likely to die of a cardiovascular disease than they are at the hands of a a bad guy or a bad girl or whatever right. gender people want to be these days. <laughs> and and it, it's it's that's 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 the reality of it, right? So. Law enforcement's worst enemy is law enforcement itself. And I always say that in the sense of this job is literally, and you know, just preaching to the choir, this job is designed to fuck you if you let it, oh, right? Yeah. It is designed to just mess you up if if you let it. Long right. hours, stressful stressful environment, no recovery, no, uh, no down regulation of the body, uh, poor sleep habits, which is huge, right? You're looking at four to six hours of sleep, sometimes if you're lucky. Plus, you got to come home. You got kids. You got call outs, SWAT. Oh, yeah. You know, canine. I don't know if 
So are you patrol or EOD? Uh, no, patrol. Yeah. Patrol. Okay, well, you still, you may get called out for right. for a track or whatever yeah. in the middle of the night. Shit happens, right? So your, your sleep cycle is all fucked up for yeah. not just a couple months, right? right. It can be that way for 20 fucking years. Uh, for as long as I've been on it, it's been, I've been nights for my whole career. Because like from the jail, nights, are, so 12 years of working night shift. I actually... Um, the way it worked out, I had, I had taken some time off here recently and I think I took like a month off a little bit. I had like a month off and then I had to work three days and then I had like another week off. Well, that week off, I ended up testing positive for COVID. So I got like two more weeks. I don't know. I almost ended up being off for like two months and sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had no idea how jacked up my sleep was until go lay down dog. Sorry. Um, I had no idea how jacked up my sleep was until all of a sudden I was sleeping regular hours. Like, cause I'm, I, I've always prided myself on like, ah, I can do four or five hours. Like I'm good. You know, that six you are. Yeah, exactly. In six hours, it's like, I'm, I feel right as rain. Like I'm, that's me functioning at my highest. Well then, you know, take those two months off and all of a sudden I'm getting like, not only am I getting eight hours of sleep, but I'm getting the same eight hours consistently at night and it's like holy crap i just i mean i felt like a completely different human not to mention like not to sound like i'm toot my own horn in any way but i'm pretty high level with you know my fitness i i run i do weights i do jujitsu i i train you know kickboxing all that stuff i do everything and then that's on top of like obviously my SWAT training and stuff that I do with the dog and all of that. But, uh, I feel like I'm right up there with the best of the guy, at least the guys I'm surrounded by. And sure. I'm like, Oh, good. Six hours is great. But man, I, I felt like I reached a next level when I was getting that regular sleep. I was like, Oh my God, I feel amazing. Like I just, yeah, I couldn't believe how good I felt. It was well, so it's, awesome. It's your cognitive abilities. Right. Um, much, you know, it's improved. And there are, there's plenty of research out there that, that shows the, uh, what night shift actually does to oh, yeah. a person, right? I mean, increased on... risk of cancer. Oh yeah. I mean, all kinds of, all kinds of shit. It's, I mean, it's an awful profession. And this the thing is, it's not just, it's not just cops, right? You got firefighters, paramedics, nurses, mm-hmm. doctors, medical professionals. I mean, think about it from the medical side. Oh, you yeah. want to go to the ER and that motherfucker been on night shift for 15 years? Like, mm-hmm. I bet you prior to that may have been a little bit sharper or if, if right. they were inside of a Absolutely. Uh, well, and think about it. You just, the people you just listed are the people that are like saving lives are the ones yeah. that are, they're the ones that you go to or call when you're in the shit. Like you're, you're having the shittiest day. You want those people to be at the top of their game, but it's like, Hey, shit goes wrong 24 hours a day. So you need people around the clock, unfortunately. And the only way to cover that is someone's got to bite the bullet and Shifts, do, do right. the night shift, you know? So and this is why we have to try to negate these issues that are obviously very common problems that we see. Right. We, we think of just what lack of sleep does right to an individual. I mean, just mm-hmm. like you said, you feel like a whole different person, you know, the, the fog was lifted, Yeah. you know, the importance of schedule, the importance of, you know, a balanced and healthy diet for your body and for your body type. It's like you said, I mean, you're a high level dude, you're training jujitsu, martial arts, SWAT, canine. I mean, being SWAT, canine and training all those things. Um, I've never been a SWAT guy. I've never been a canine handler, but I have trained dogs and work closely with canine units. So I could, you know, I know the physical 
um, aspects. You know, if you're in a if you're in a bite suit for fucking eight hours, <laughs> there's nothing more exhausting than that, especially in a hot July day. Oh, right? yeah, like, especially down here in Florida, it's a, every day is a hot. Yeah, day. Yeah, down in South Carolina, so yeah, yeah same, so I mean, you it's, know, it's hot. Yeah. You get that humidity, you're it's, sweating your you're sweating your dick off. I haven't been to Vietnam, up. but it's about right there. I'm guessing humidity wise, because yeah, uh, oh, it's 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 miserable. you know, so. If, so for you to be able to perform, right, and you think about the importance of a decoy, you think about the importance of training your canine, you think about the importance of your SWAT training, right? I mean, or just your training for you or your family. You yeah. know, it's it's extremely important to to really think about these things outside of law, the law enforcement bubble. And I think that's where a lot of people – I say a lot of people I, – I think everybody thinks tactical, 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 right. job, 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 performance, performance, which is extremely important, absolutely. But it's also – do you want to retire a broken body after 20 years? No. And I mean, just and not only that, but kind of like you were saying, for your family too. Like, you know how much more patient I was with my kids during that two months? Like, and I was around them more, which you would think would be counterproductive in the sense right. of having patience. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, is it's like, I'm better rested. I feel better. I'm more mentally, not just alert, but like you said, cognitively, I'm functioning smoother. It, it just makes it easier to, okay, like this is, this is my downtime to sleep. This is my time to work out. This is my time with the family was working nights. It's like, you got to try to squeeze all that in, in different spots and you don't want to give one too much and not enough to the other. And cause that screws everything up too. And it's just, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I think there's more to the job than a lot of people. I mean, I think most of the people that are going to listen to this, like you said, we're kind of preaching to the choir. They, they get it. Sure. But uh, in general, it's like if you're not making it a priority for yourself to take that sleep and, you know, make that because I'm just as guilty of it as I'm like, ah, I don't need as much sleep. I want to go to jujitsu because I'll do that all the time where I'll work all night and we have 6 a.m. jujitsu class roll right into jujitsu yeah and i the alternative is i don't go because i can't go nights because my wife works nights and i work night so it's like i can either go in the morning or i can miss class and i'm starting to kind of realize like well sometimes my training is a little bit better if i miss a day because i'm a little more well rested when i go the next time but it's just tough man that you do jujitsu right i I, oh yeah uh, i've been training since 2017 okay like so that kind of brings you to, I think you brought up a really good point there, is we're preaching to the choir, hmm. right? But one thing that the choir may not understand is that there may be a way to conduct the choir a certain way to where they can maybe open their eyes to certain, you know, or to different aspects of the job, right? Or just scheduling. We talked about we talked about habits, right? Bad habits. Our team just released an article. Um, so we write articles periodically, you know, yeah. kind of based off of trends that we're seeing or issues that we encounter. We have, we have a lot of people ask questions, right? And so one was, I kind of fell into a rut. I fell into the fast food energy drink and I packed on the pounds during COVID and blah, 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 whatever. Cause again, you think about it, most cops weren't really active during that time. They weren't really responding to that many calls or if they were responding to calls, they weren't active calls. Um, you know, so when it, when we look at these habits, how do we break them, right? We have to set goals. We have to make a plan in order to achieve those said goals. But how do we even make a plan if we don't know what we're doing, right? So having that guidance, having that knowledge and um, not even experience, but somebody else's experience to show us. Yeah. Um, it's just like, dude, it's just like 
training a green dog. Yeah. Right. Like the dog knows absolutely nothing. It has the genetics to be a fucking stud. Yeah. But then you're like, well, hey, we have to show it. We have to baby step it in tracking, mm-hmm. baby step it in, you know, in narcotics and aggression control and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's and that's the same way a person has to is it's small, small steps right. yield big results. Like just oh, like yeah. you're saying, hey, maybe I'm not gonna drink those five bang energy drinks tonight. Maybe I'll drink three instead. <laughs> or maybe I'll try coffee. Maybe God, I'll try if black someone's coffee. drinking five bang energy drinks and they're still right. alive, more power to them. They they've got an right. ironclad heart. Cause I think I I would I when I was drinking them, I would drink one a night or one a day. Ooh. You know, and yeah. I felt like then I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is too much, but God. Yeah. Well, I know guys that'll drink, they'll drink two or three. In a oh night. yeah. And I know the guys. I mean, you that, think about how many milligrams of, I don't know how many oh, yeah. milligrams caffeine. Yeah. I, I don't know how many's in them because I went from those to the monsters or I mean, when I went from the monsters to the bangs and then eventually just quit the bangs. And like I said, I think, I'd, yeah, I think dude, the bangs are like, yeah. Awful. Oh, they're not. They're, none of it's good. It's terrible. Like the like I said, I drink that Jocko one. It's hilarious. Everything is zero percent. They taste like shit too. So like they're not. You know, sorry Jocko. No offense. They don't taste that. Tell great. Jocko they, that. Yeah, sorry. He that guy. He could drink motor oil, and he'd be like, if they told him it was good for him, he'd be like, well, you gotta yeah, drink he'd be like, it. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's organic he's, motor oil. He's just a badass. Um, but like, there's only like two of them that I found that I don't mind. But the best part about it is when you look at the stats on the back and the. Like the B12 per daily percentage value is like 4,162%. It's like, okay. So it's just, it's good vitamins is basically what you're getting, you know? <laughs> Shit ton of B12. Exactly. Like, I hope you feel good because you just got a ton of B12. But yeah. yeah. And I think that's a problem too is when it comes to supplements. I know a lot of cops, you know, I mean, obviously caffeine's a supplement um, or a drug, however you want to say it. Yeah. And when it comes to these things, obviously the instant gratification world is extremely prevalent these days oh yeah everybody wants results now they want them to happen yesterday oh yeah well i'm just going to take a supplement because so and so says it's going to help that's not how the body works that's not how the mind works not how science works you know everything takes time it's just like again you're training a green a green dog you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu like you're not going to get good at jiu-jitsu you're going to at least from my experience i didn't stop dying in jiu-jitsu till probably about eight months um and then I was just dying less. So right. that I wasn't dying at all. And depending on who less. you were going against, it was even less, you know? So Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, now it's sticking sticking with it was one of the greatest things I've ever done. I think jujitsu is you know, people say it's a superpower. I, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I don't. But I would say that it, that it definitely leads you in the right direction mentally, physically. Um, and uh, really, I think more mentally, right? It, it kind of humbles you. It mm-hmm. kind of keeps that ego in check. You're more aware. And this is, people ask me, how do you break down body cam footage? How do you do this stuff? And once I started training jujitsu, my ability to do that became better because I oh, started yeah. noticing things like angles and people's posture was, you know, people's posture was different. I was able to look at entangled situations mm-hmm. much differently. And I think that's extremely critical because, Right now, a lot of police officers that, that you see are scared to go hands-on because of the current climate. Understandable. Mm-hmm. 100% understandable. But it still has to happen, right? In order right. to detain somebody, you have to physically touch them yep. um, until they develop a way where 
people can detain themselves or I don't know. <laughs> Here, put um, these or on. you just like push a button and it just goes to them. Yeah, yeah. Know. Um, you know, my <laughs> side tangent here. <laughs> Whenever I was talking to Andy, I was, you know, I said like the ketamine darts I thought were like, you know, <laughs> tranquilizer darts would be, right. would, would be the next thing. And somebody was like, well, what about a net gun and all I've this stuff? I've seen that. And I've seen the net have, gun well, I think the yeah. newest thing is the bowler wrap. Yes, I've seen, seen that? that too. Yeah, that's – listen – more power to people if they can find actual ways to use utilize those things effectively. Absolutely. But I will tell you right now, like I said, I so been doing this going on 12 years, two in the jail. And when I was in the jail, we didn't have tasers. Like we didn't have tasers yet. That wasn't a thing yet. Um, not that they weren't around. We just didn't have them in the jail. Like the street guys had them. We didn't have them. They gave us pepper spray, but I don't know about you. Pepper spray will I, – I would rather give the guy a, a, a club and fight him with a club than me <laughs> use not, like pepper spray on him because it will annihilate me. Like I'm going to oh, be – Oh, same. I'm, I'm freaking Irish. It, I, I think it's just in me I'm to I'm worthless. Like, yeah. I'm absolutely <laughs> worthless. Yeah. I, so anyways, I never carried it. Like luckily we didn't have to, but I never carried it. But I've been doing this almost 12 years. I have yet to use my taser. Even being out on the road for as long as I have, I have Good yet for to. You. Yeah, and I, the thing is, though, is like, I'm not. I don't know if that's a. It's not really like a bragging thing at all. It's more of, I think, because I've been doing jujitsu so long. Because I actually started back in like 2007, which. Obviously, that was a long time ago, and it sounds like, oh, he must be really good. No, nah, I'm not that good. There were some gaps in time of training, obviously, having kids sure. and all that nonsense. But what you said about it mentally making you better is – that's what I have told – I've gotten – I've been lucky enough to get – Knox, I've been lucky enough to uh, get enough guys now to where it's so funny, 6 a.m. class at the place that I train – they will literally – I've had guys that are just civilians come in. They go, what the hell, man? I thought we were coming to like a, a, a briefing because there was like, there's like eight Tahoe sitting out in the parking lot of the jiu-jitsu place, which so is awesome, really man. cool. Hey, babe, can you get him? Um, but uh, sorry. Uh, my dog is going nuts on his Kong right now. And no, he, bro. You can't. Trust uh, me. Uh, <laughs> I got a shepherd in the garage. And yeah. If he was sitting here, you'd hear <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. Awesome, like, yeah. He's, he's just full on – uh, anyways, that's Working his, dog brain. Yeah, that's it. He can't stop. But uh, yeah. yeah, so um, but no, a lot of the ways I feel like I, and I'm not trying to for uh, anyone that listens to this, they know like I've, I'm pretty much beating a dead horse at this point. I am a huge proponent of jujitsu. I think it's probably the best thing anybody, not just cops, could probably do for themselves. Because what you said about mentally making yourself more aware, and I think that that is one of the reasons I've never had to use my taser is I've been in physical altercations, but I'm much quicker to want to go with my, be close to the person, go hands on because I feel like I have a better level of control of not just them, but myself than being dependent on a device that may not work. You know, like I just, sure. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as comfortable with a taser's abilities as I am with my own abilities. So I would rather if the situation is, you know, between those two things, I'm going to go hands on. And even when I first came out to the road, I had FTOs that had said to me, they're like, you jail guys, you guys don't have a problem going hands on, you know? And it's like, well, that's all we had in the jail. I, I actually right. got dinged, not in a bad way. Uh, it was just notated um, 
from a officer safety standpoint, they're like, oh, you, you stand too close to people sometimes. And I go, well, in the jail, you wanted to be closer. So they have time to build up steam before they got to you. Like if they wanted to break bad, you could grab them right away. I've since adjusted that obviously, because out on the street, it's a different game. But that being said, kind of to hammer home what you were saying about like being able to read people, you can tell so much more when you're relaxed because when you're comfortable with your skills and abilities, it makes you, a, it, it literally, it takes that focal of that looking down that toilet paper tube to open it up to go, oh, why is this guy clenching his fists? Why is this guy puffing his chest a little bit? Why is he, why is he, he's keeps peeking over both of my shoulders as if he's looking for an exit route or he's, you know, little things like that. And I can't tell you how many times it's made me stop something before it goes anywhere because of the simple fact that I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Like, let's not do this, you know, and just calm, being calm and talking with the guy. Because again, it's not like some badassness. It's just, and it's not some superpower. Like you said, it's just, I know if this goes hands-on, I'm comfortable with my abilities that I'm going to be able to take care of this. And when you have that, that almost is like a superpower because you're kind of like, okay, I'm ready for what happens. Sure. And, and, And that's a great point. And to kind of expand on that, you think about use of force, right? Obviously we go hands-on tasers, all that, all that jazz. But you think about, this is where I, I feel like I can grasp a lot of people is the first level of use of force. A lot of people really forget about that's officer presence yeah. showing up is yep. a, is, is a use of force. At least it was in our continuum, yep. right? And, like that's, yep. and it absolutely is. And it's yeah. not, and so, not looking like a fat slob. That's a right. huge thing. And so you, I mean, how many, how many convicted killers have said they, gave up or didn't did all the police officers yep. simply based off of what they looked like. They were squared away. They had their shirt tucked and they didn't like a fucking sack of shit. Mm-hmm. And so for you to show up, looking like you mean business, talking like authority, not acting nervous, especially if you're not afraid to go hands-on, like obviously the distance, like, you know, the quote unquote reactionary gap right. is extremely important. Um, I never worked a jail. Uh, I used to go to the jail a lot. One of our guys that works for effective fitness, uh, Ralph, he he worked in the jail for three years or four years. Same is you were literally quoting him. Um, you know, it, he's like, bro, that's all we had. Yeah, was our hands. He's like, if he's like, if you weren't down to throw hands or give hands, yeah, or receive hands, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, you would last. Yeah, and so when you think about that officer presence, you showing up and you having the ability to physically take control of the situation by just looking the part. But not, but not only that, you have the ability to physically manhandle another human being uh, or control another human being because you've been in that position at 6 a.m. prior to shift or you've been in that position since 2007 a yeah. hundred fucking times. Right. And this is where, you know, I tell guys, jiu-jitsu is great, right? There obviously are different types of jiu-jitsu. Um, what I mean by that, not like sport and self-defense jiu-jitsu, right? Because, I mean, really, they could kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But kind of what I mean is there is that lazy type of jiu-jitsu. Then you have like that wrestling, higher performance type of jiu-jitsu where if you're dealing with a guy that wrestles, which I come from a very heavy wrestling school. Okay. So these guys are like fucking studs. Yeah. And just from that perspective changed the way that I would approach someone 
or even angle myself towards someone. Because right. once you start to know angles and you start to understand certain things, it's going to make your job a lot easier because you've oh, been there a hundred times and you're not going to sound nervous, right? Because you're confident in your abilities. Mm-hmm. And I really think you you hit it home when you said it looks – people pull up and there's like six Tahoe sitting out. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. The fact that six of you train together is contagious. Oh, right? yeah. And so – this is what this is this is the standard that we're trying to change is we're trying to make it contagious to where it's okay to be in shape it's the normal to be in shape it's a normal to be outside your jiu-jitsu school at 6 a.m in the fucking morning mm-hmm. prior to shift because what's that's going to do that's only going to translate to you not only being a better police officer but you're going to be a healthier person oh right? yeah because you're going to start to prioritize things because you know if you're getting up at 6 a.m your ass has to go to bed right exactly and right yeah, so it's a circle. <laughs> exactly, it, it's a circle. But uh, it's, a, it's like the, a circle. Yeah, it's not a triangle with the corner. But uh, <laughs> they. Uh, so it's funny. Uh, like the six Tahoe thing. It, the the funny part is though is there's sometimes there's more of us because now I've got. So again, most of them are SWAT guys, but there's uh, one guy that recently started that uh, isn't SWAT. He's uh, he's a narcotics guy. Uh, he was on patrol for a short time, but he was a, he was a go-getter. He was a shit stirrer, you know, he was always getting into it. And, uh, then he got into narcotics. And so there's two, two, there's a detect, one guy's a detective, one guy's a attack unit. So his is an unmarked Tahoe. The other guy has like an unmarked, uh, I don't know, some other SUV. And then the NART guy that comes in, he's in a pickup and it's like, realistically, there's probably like eight agency vehicles out there. But again, the people see these six different Tahoe sitting there. But the cool thing is, is the one guy that came in off narcotics isn't SWAT at all. He literally, and he's a smaller guy and he's in shape. He's, he's very like, he works out and does stuff, but he's, uh, God, how do I say this? without sound like a dick. He's, he's weak, very weak when it comes, as you know, there's a difference between moving weights and moving a human. So like when you, yeah, when you grab him, you can just feel like, oh, this is di-. like, you can tell that it's just different. It's like you when and you know this also when a higher belt than you grabs you and like you can tell they've been doing it for a while. You're like, oh shit, um, a man just grabbed me, like or a gorilla just grabbed me. Like I'm <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to get my ass whooped here. And yep. that right there, I think, because whether people train or don't. They can feel that difference too when I put my hands on them as opposed to someone who's never trained. Like when I grab someone's arm and I've had guys that have recently started training that they, they will say stuff like that. God damn monkey grip of yours or whatever. And it's like, it's not anything but having done it for so long. Like you're, you just, you know what I mean? Like you just grab things sure. differently. And uh, I don't even think you realize you're doing it because you've been doing it for long enough that it doesn't. It doesn't really register, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I think that the coolest thing is when you see someone that comes of their own accord for the most part, like, I mean, he had talked to one of the other guys and he's like, yeah, come check it out. And he's like, okay, I think I will. It took him a couple months and then he did like on his own, like there was no pressure or anything. He just came and you said it earlier, you have to go in knowing you're about to get your ass kicked at something that you have no idea what you're doing. Like you're going to be beat on for a certain amount of time until you actually start to understand it and get it. And it's very hard, especially in our profession. And I think this can 
not just jujitsu, easily translo- translate over to the fitness thing when you were talking about the knowledge of it. These people, they don't, they don't want to go from a job where we, when we show up, we're the authority. We're the ones in charge. We're the ones that control the scene. We're the ones that kind of mitigate what's going to happen. And then you go to an element of the gym even or jujitsu and now you have to be humbled and be the worst at this. Like, especially if you don't understand nutrition and fitness, you're going to have to be like, oh my gosh. So how do I, how do I do this? Like, how do I do bench press? Like, how do I do dumbbell incline? How do I, like, there's, there's technique to it that if you don't know how you have to be willing to humble yourself to either ask someone for help or look kind of goofy slash weak at first until you figure it out. And I think the people in our job are not used to being in that humbled mindset of, Hey, I'm not the best at this. They're used to being the one with the answer, with the right to the no and how to do it. And when they have to do it the other way, they're kind of like, eh, I don't like the way that feels. I'm not going to do sure. that. So if you look at, so from my experience and I recently, uh, you know, so effective fitness, we gave away some, we gave away some programs to some agencies. Yeah. Could you, and, I'm sorry, I'm not to interrupt you, but when you get done with this thought, could you go into that a little more? Cause I, sure. I, I would love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I had the honor and privilege of speaking to over 300 agencies in a very short period of time. And I collected some rough data, right? I'm a big, I'm a big data nerd. I'm not that smart, but I do like (laughs) simple numbers and percentages. I can understand different colors as well. Um, (laughs) But about 75% of officers at each agency did nothing for fitness, or at least look like they did nothing. 75%. Okay. Wow. Rough, Out of 300. Rough, rough. Uh, 65 to 75, we'll call it that. Oh, wow. And now why is that, right? So obviously we think about a police officer, alpha for the most part, right? They have to take control. They have to take charge of the situation. The problem with training at a high level, so like you said, it's humbling. But what's what's the scary part is that the fact that training is controlled, Right, it's a controlled environment. Everything is everything is manipulated by a person. Everything is understood. You can say stop. You can say index. You can say you could say tap. You could physically tap, and you stop and restart. Right, and that's either for safety issues or it's just because you're in a bad spot. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. people are willing to risk. Seventy five percent of people are willing to risk uh, an uncontrolled environment to where there is no tap, there is no stop. Um, to where they don't go home or they're severely injured or et cetera, or someone else dies, mm-hmm. um, whether it be a fellow officer or someone they are sworn to protect. And so my issue with it is, is when I see someone, they give me an excuse why they don't train. And then I say, well, let's say you get your ass kicked on the side of the road. Are you just going to beg? Right. How many videos there's one video in particular, I can't remember where it was or the officer's name or whatever, but he's screaming for help. The guy ends up getting the officer in a rear naked choke, all this stuff. I've, I think I posted it a few I, times. I'm, I think I know the one you're talking about and he's going, don't do it's, this. It's don't older. do this. Yeah. He's going, please don't do this. Don't do please this. Don't, please don't, please don't yeah. do this. Yeah. This is, this is my issues. I would much rather be in a controlled environment a thousand fucking times yeah. and say tap 99 percent of the time right right as 
opposed to having that one time I'm on on side of the street and I can't say any of those things and right. I'm getting my ass beat. Now, just like you said, nobody's – so there's a guy I went to college with and his dad, old farmer guy, always told me because I was always like, you know, when I went to college, I lifted weights and all that crap. He's like, you know – just because you think you're badass, there's always something that's more badass than you, and that is a 100% truth to that. Absolutely. Um, and again, he may, you may be more badass, but on that day, he was more badass than you. And for that, for those that are so alpha and so strong, strong-willed about their job and their abilities in their job, it's it's just this false premise of them actually being physically prepared. For a situation, there's a buddy of mine. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to mention the agency he works for, but I will say this: he's in New Jersey. He's a current police officer. He's a purple belt in jujitsu. He might listen to this. He was in he was in an altercation where um, where an off where a subject was wanted. He went to go hands on to arrest him. Guy pulled a gun, actually fired around, grazing his like inches Ooh. side of his face. Right, he, he was able to. Didn't use a taser, didn't use his gun, didn't use whatever. He used his hands, got him to the ground, pinned him, arrested him, blah, 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 right? Guys like that um, should should be out there teaching. Guys like that, that that train every day. He broke his leg, still fucking training jiu-jitsu. He's like, I'll just, you know, work on my guard stuff, work on my guard retention. <laughs> yep. You know, guys like, guys like him, and there's many out there like him, need to be out here showing these things and teaching these things. I am still waiting for the body cam footage so I could actually post it because it's fucking badass. I mean, it's scary, absolute scary as shit. Right. But it's fucking badass because it shows him. He, he told me, he called me that day and said, dude, I was prepared. He goes, he goes, I was absolutely shit my pants. <laughs> yeah. He goes, but I didn't feel like I was out of control. Right. And that and that and that right there, I did not feel like I was out of control. It was not an emotional response to a stimulus. It was, I've been here 500 fucking times in the past six months. Right. And I'm just going to do what I did the past 500 times. Right. And so his response was a positive outcome. Now, that being someone who didn't train, who didn't understand body mechanics, who doesn't have a solid foundation in jujitsu, what could the outcome have been? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? It would be a, it'd be and so a that's just yeah. and that's just one example, right? There's I mean thousands and thousands of examples and just and I was talking to Henry Gracie actually and his he obviously likes to talk a lot and he's very good at selling jujitsu and you know obviously promoting it and his his system is is obviously very connected. <clears throat> but he likes to he he told me I don't know if it was him exactly, but I'll give him credit for it, whatever. He's a nice guy. <laughs> But basically, being a slice of cheese on top of a person, being as boring as you absolutely can be during during a use of force is exactly what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being something not newsworthy is exactly what you're going for. And how do we do that? Well, we do that without emotion. We right. do that with – granted, there will always be emotion involved. Yeah. We are I, humans. Yep. That's a fact. But saying. I'm saying yeah. the ratio of emotion to control – Right, we never want emotion to exceed that control because once it does, we start going into the unknown. We start going into right. of, of what we don't know because we're out of control. Right. So you, I'm sure you posted it on one of your pages, but if you didn't, you at least saw it. the LAPD uh, shooting that just happened. The the SWAT I did post one, it. yeah, where he he get the guy shot and then 
they, so it took a while before I saw the whole video, but basically where they, uh, SWAT off, for those that didn't see it, SWAT officer gets shot uh, when they're trying to administer gas. Uh, the other cover officer ends up getting shot. He took a couple rounds in the chest and then took one in the neck, I believe. And then while he's getting pulled out, they end up making contact with the suspect, shoot him from above. Uh, they go, did, did you see the part where they come in and make the contact on him? I uh, saw it, but it was super brief because it was only the minute clip that I saw, but I did not see the whole thing. Okay, so at the very, the, the extended clip now has the end where they actually make contact with 1017 and put him in the handcuffs and take the, like move the rifle away and all that stuff. And I just, and it's very brief. I mean, it's a very brief clip of it happening, but the level of control that those officers showed. First off, you're you're dealing with LAPD SWAT. These guys have been around the block m more more times than I'll ever get the opportunity. But they're professionals. Being, yeah. That being said, you could hear it in the and I, I'm not. This is no judgment whatsoever. But you could hear it in one officer's face that administered the gas when his buddy goes down. He's hyped up. Rodney's down. Rodney's down. Officer down. Like he's hyped up. Right. All the other people there were hyped up. Whether they whether they admit it or not, they were. But as professionals, they brought it down. They handled the threat. And guess what? They came up. They cuffed that guy. They didn't. There was no extra muzzle thumps. There was no boots to the head. There was. They just got one of their buddies just got shot. And like professionals, yeah. And one of the and like professionals, they came in. They took care of what needed to be done, and that was it. And what bothers me is the fact that that doesn't get any of the hype that is warm because you know, as well as I do, especially with the mob mentality of America right now is anywhere else. They would have been curb stomping that dude. Like if their friend had just gotten shot in the throat and then they went to go hands on with him, it wouldn't be taking him into custody. They would have lynch mobbed him. You know what I mean? And that to me shows their level of mental prepared because you go in and Yes, you have the mentality of, hey, these things can happen, but you got to, you put those out of your mind, you do your job to the best of your ability, the safest way possible and the most tactically sound that you can to hopefully be that guy that puts the shots on target, drops the threat, everyone goes home at the end of the day safe. Not to say that anybody in that scenario did anything wrong, but guess what? Unfortunately, we live in an unpredictable, shitty-ass world, and especially in regards to SWAT, the the suspect dictates our tactics all day. Was that cover officer doing anything wrong? Absolutely not. He was covering his gas guy. He, I watched the video like three times to see if, hey, was he turkey peeking? Was he? No, he was behind his rifle, eyes on target, all of that. And guess what? Lucky shots happen from the bad guys all the time. Those freaking cockroaches can get shot 12 times. They'll be on the street the next week doing another shooting. Cop catches a glancing blow from some ricochet and they freaking lose their arm, you know, or die, unfortunately. Right. But So true. And I it, talked to uh, one of my buddies, Special Forces Delta guy, Bob Keller. Not sure if you knew who that is. Oh, yeah. Is. I've, I've, I've taken his class. I saw you wearing Bob. the, the, the Okay, yeah. So Bob's yeah, a good so, buddy of mine, yeah. right? And when I took his class, I took his class a couple years ago. Um, a lot of ready-up drills. Oh, yeah. Sure, as you know. Basic, um, yeah, basic, basic. Yeah. Yeah. Basic. Super good guy, right? And he awesome. told me in his class, I've seen guys do everything right and still get shot in the face. Yeah. It, right? I mean, you can do everything right and still get shot in the face. However, just like you said, in that video, those guys 
are on time, mm-hmm. right? You think about the response he had, Rodney Dow, Rodney Down. Physically, that man was able to grab a full-grown man in full kit with one hand yes, and he drag still, him he still probably had 25 up. feet. Like he still had the rifle up. He still had the rifle. backing him up. Like, yes. I, this, come on. Like yeah, that's, so you're looking at what? Probably a, probably at least we'll say, 220, 250-pound man. Okay, Grown-ass yeah. dude. Because SWAT dudes, for the most part, aren't small guys, right? I'm, it's, I'm probably one of the smallest on our team, and I'm 190. Yeah, like, plus all your shit. Right, exactly. So I'm so you're probably what two something, two twenty, yeah, two thirty with all my gear. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you think about dead weight. You think about the friction on the ground. He was able to grab him, drag him back twenty feet to a safer environment, administer whatever he did. Right, because then I think the video he, cut. To he the even actual, said he's like, you got to uh, keep pressure on. on he was yeah. able to engage. He's like, you got to keep pressure on it, Rodney. You got to keep. He kept telling, and he's like, talk to me, talk to me, and he's. I mean, he's trying to render aid as best he can while still covering a potential threat coming around the corner, you know? He did everything right, yeah. 100% on-time professionals. Um, And then obviously the guy, the operator that engaged from top, you could tell him, safety switched off, bang, 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 no longer threat, safety went back on, Mm -hmm. giving commands to, I mean, you know, know, again, a phenomenal shoot. Luckily, the officer is recovering. Um, I mean, I heard he went home after a couple days. So, okay. See, I hadn't, I hadn't done, I hadn't heard any of the the follow up. Dude, I get so, so many emails. I get oh, so I many bet you, I can't even imagine. With I can't even imagine situations. <laughs> it's uh, it's sometimes overwhelming. I I probably have pending probably four hundred or five hundred DMs that I haven't checked yet. Oh my god! And I, that kind of gives me I, anxiety. I probably, I probably well. <laughs> so on the effective fitness side is. I have a whole team, right? right. I, have, I, have, I, have, I have a phenomenal team on that side. On the police post side, it's yours tr- truly. Um, <laughs> and I, I try to do my best. I have a guy, Rome, help me out. He's a um, younger cop in Philly, super good dude. I mean, incredible shape. The dude's an Olympic lifter. Um, he's an absolute savage. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it, you know, you see guys like that from the LAP, and then you see other situations where – Again, I I get a lot of heat sometimes for Monday morning quarterback. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Monday morning quarterback or whatever. Yeah. So when it comes down to that, it, you being a high level guy, SWAT, canine, etc., it's just it's just a simple after action. Well, and that's, that's what it is. Is you you can't they can call it Monday morning quarterbacking, but I think when they do that, it's usually. Uh, guys, sports announcers, a lot of them that have never actually played the game. I'm not saying that they're not knowledgeable about the game, but they've never actually played the game. They've they've never been the Tom Brady throwing a freaking trying to throw a touchdown pass while he's got what four, five, three hundred plus guys that are top level athletes coming at him, and they're going, "Why didn't you see this open guy over here?" Motherfucker, you get on the you go over there and hike the ball. <laughs> you like, be on it, man. Yeah. And that's a great point too. And for example, on that same video, someone commented about flagging, right? How how when he was dragging Rodney back, he was he was he was flagging, and a couple because I'm couple sure that was Rodney's dude. concern. Rodney was real concerned with his buddy flagging him. Yeah, so worried. Him. Yeah, right. And so this this the thing too is, you know, you think about close court situations, team environments, right? Flagging, we obviously try to minimize it as much as we can. But it happens. This is why you're trained professionals. Mm-hmm. So if it does happen, his rifle was on safe. He had the gun up. Yeah. He was dragging it back. This is probably, this is another thing, not the first time he's done that. 
Maybe in a live situation, yes. Right. But in not training, training. Yep. I would I'd be willing to bet a lot. That is the that is not the first time he's practiced dragging something while in full gear. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because the way he did it was, he didn't even. I mean, he didn't even. Because we do that. We do the we do the buddy drags with the. Sure. You know, you got the the vest with the handle. It's almost like a given. But you grab that shoulder harness and you just. And it the sucks. Stuff. It sucks when you get the guy that is two hundred and twenty pounds before he puts on the gear. You know, <laughs> and you got to hope to God that that guy isn't coming around the corner to shoot. But you know. Again, it's it's the mindset. It's being ready to do it. I, I want to go back briefly to what you said about sure. how they said – or those guys were mentally – they were so ready for it. And I think it's because they've been put in those situations so many times. My So when I first got on SWAT, my very first SWAT commander just legit badass, like all-around badass dude. And he's one of those guys that uh, you're like – you would look at him and you'd be like, oh, so he was probably Delta or a SEAL or like some sort of SF. And you're like, what, uh, like where, no military at all. Like he was just an all around badass dude and just one of those naturally genetic maniacs, you know? And, uh, but one of the best things he ever, I think like just hammered home with us was we're SWAT. When we get there, when we're in a house, that's our house now. Like, nobody's allowed to be in our house. And when you are searching a room, when you're doing a room search, you should want to find somebody in every single spot you're checking. That way you're disappointed when someone's not in that closet, when someone's not around that the corner of that bed, when someone's not in that hallway, you're disappointed and you're hoping to God they're in the next room because then you're never gonna be caught off guard and surprised when you see that jackass that's standing there with a gun or with a knife or whatever it is, he goes, you should always be hoping that you're going to find that person around the next corner, in the next room, wherever it is. And that when I, when he kind of like instilled that in me when I was like first on the team, um, because I sucked, I, I was, I had never, I had never cleared rooms. I mean, I'd been on patrol for a little over a year. Like I had reached my probationary period where I was allowed to try out for SWAT. And that was just something I always, I wanted to do it. Uh, I had a couple of FTOs that were SWAT guys and I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. And I had no experience at all. I was a moron. And I think for the most part, most of the guys that were on the team, you know, then would fully agree. And I think a couple of them have said so before they're like, oh, we thought you were fully retarded. Like when you first got on the team, and I was like, well, you know, still kind of there, but, uh, Fair it, enough. yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that, but it was like, it was literally like sink or swim though, you know, because once I started, like I said, he, he said that. And then once I started thinking that way of, oh yeah, like I, if I get to find a guy and he's got a gun and he, I get to shoot that guy. Like it turned into more of a, and I don't mean that to sound in a, I know anyone that's listening to this being like, oh, he's looking to shoot someone. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you turn the the switch into, hey, the game is if they're gonna if they're gonna have a gun and they're gonna make a terrible decision, I'm gonna beat them to it. Like I need to make this just like in jujitsu. When you get better at jujitsu, you're literally able they talk about how jujitsu is like human chess. Well, chess, you're looking a couple steps ahead. Just like when you're clearing rooms in a house, you're trying to look a couple steps ahead like, oh, hey, I got two guys going right. I'm going to need to get left to be on their shoulder to make sure that there's no 
you know, that I shield their body as they go in so that there's no gap and I pick up that angle and all that good stuff. But you don't start seeing it until, again, just like with jujitsu, you start doing it and all of a sudden now you're clearing rooms as a blue belt rather than a white belt. And you're like, oh, okay. It, it's it a opens, big difference. It opens up that funnel a little bit, you know, or that tunnel vision. It opens it up a little bit. And then, oh, okay, now I'm a purple belt at clearing rooms. And wow, I can really see a lot of the stuff. And I'm four or five steps ahead. And I think it's just the mindset of those guys that get the action, like the LAPD guys, it helps progress. It's just like going to a, you go to like a, you go to like 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu or uh, John Donaher. Guess what? Those blue belts are going to demolish any other blue belts at any other school. You know what I mean? They're just at a different level. I know that for a fact, but yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're just Absolutely. at a different level. You can't you can't really argue that point, you know, no. because it's it's yeah. well, like, I mean it's cuz they hold their guys to a higher standard, right? So, you know, I mean, you know, just like you said, if you were to go train with some Delta guys or, you know, some, some high level SF guys, now, obviously, they may have a different approach to room clearing yeah. than you do. Um, it probably wouldn't be too hard to pick up on on the difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, training with different people from time to time is obviously a good idea. You can kind of pick things up from other people. But I kind of want to take it back a little bit. When you talked about um, – uh, you say it was your team leader or you say it was your lieutenant? That was uh, a switched on dude. Uh, SWAT commander. Yeah, he was our SWAT, SWAT commander. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to cuss him like that. No, no. Um, <laughs> he, he was a lieutenant, but uh, it was because he was basically voluntold to become a lieutenant so that he could be the SWAT commander. So it was kind of one of those things. But good dude. Good dude. Yeah, yeah. So, so I love that approach of you want to find that guy, right? Like he is he is there. You know he's there. Mm-hmm. Time to go get him, right? Right. Time to work. Now we talk about being switched on, right? You are switched on at that point in time. Now to switch off, where we go back into the recovery mode, being for officers to switch off is very hard. It's very, very hard. It is a lifestyle to be a police officer. I haven't been in law enforcement for almost a year now, and I still am the way that I am. And that'll probably never change because a part of me has experienced something that most people will never experience in their life. They will never know what it's like to not have their back facing a door. They will not know what it's like to actually watch hands of random strangers. You have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. They don't know what it's like to know how my body is angled to someone who's having a conversation with me, right? I'm not saying you should not do those things to recover or or, or to kind of downregulate, but that's kind of where we talk about the lack of education and the lack of knowledge given up by agencies of it's a, when it is time to be switched on, it's time to be switched on. When it's time to be switched off, it's time to be switched off. And that's yeah. how we're going to have, have our officers live, live a longer life. Right. Cause right. think about the life expectancy of a cop is very short. Oh yeah. Especially after I mean, do you think about, you yeah. think about cortisol levels, you think about the, you know, I don't remember the actual facts, but it's like, an officer in a 25 year career will possibly experience up to 900 critical incidents as opposed to one to three of you know the average person yes. the average person in the public it's a fucking oh yeah that's an dude that's an adrenaline dump for two years straight oh yeah and the funny thing not funny thing but the interesting thing about that 
It can be world. funny. It's okay. Yeah, it can, it, it's kind <laughs> of funny in the sense that those people that like a, the average citizen that is experiencing those, let's say it was one to three. I can't remember those numbers exactly, but it was whatever it was. It's, um, it's small. It's very, I mean, it's minimal. They, again, a lot of them, that is, they're experiencing it in the sense that it could be just a really bad crash that they see happen. It's not necessarily something they're involved in. Exactly. Directly. Like it doesn't, like they weren't in the crash. They were just so close to it that they saw it happen or it happened in front of them or whatever. And that, that, cause I, I read that, um, I saw that those same numbers and I read about it and it said that that doesn't necessarily reflect on it actually happening to the person. It happened in their presence. So like, if you think about that, when some of these things that happen to law enforcement, like, oh my gosh, how much shit happened to you and you know, the, what'd you say, seven years or eight years as a cop, that yeah. it's like happened to you. Granted, you were there for another reason, but then ultimately, because we're the cops, it deflects onto us and now it's happening to you and you're having to deal with the naked guy that's high off his at and he, he wants to fight or he wants to run or he wants yeah. to, you know, he just actually just wants to wander around someone else's house that he broke into. Sure. Just because he's naked, you know, and well, the domestic violence call or the yeah. or you know, even when it even when it involves children. Uh, children is one thing that always fucked with me. Yeah. Um I've got a couple on, of those. Outside of things I know. could really kind of care less and I still do, but yeah. Dealing with kids, regardless of the situation, it was always tough for me. Um still is, right? I mean it's it's yeah, never those, easy. Those are um, the only ones that really seem to you, like you know, and and I think too, I think it's almost expected uh, for law enforcement officers, especially from the public view, for this to be our normal. Well, you signed up for this. Like this is, oh you're, yeah, you're you're supposed to expect to see, you know, the seventy dead bodies that you've seen in your career. You're supposed to show up to the home invasion where somebody's been stabbed multiple times, and this is what you're supposed to see. This right. is this is normal for you. It's not normal for anybody right? right like the fact that cops know what another human is capable of against another human is it would baffle people one of my first jobs so uh i was an intern uh at a state agency here in south we have multiple state agencies in south carolina mm-hmm. um but i was an intern for a very big agency here and one of my jobs uh as an intern was to uh help file right crime scene photos and and things like that and uh, that was kind of my first little exposure to uh, crime, really, for, for fact of the matter, right. and, and what actually happened. And the fact that I saw thousands and thousands of photos over the course of, of my year internship um, was very eye-opening for me. And the fact of the matter was, even though I saw thousands of photos of hundreds of different cases, there was still hundreds more and thousands more of cases just like that in just in South Carolina. Right. Um, that I, that I didn't see. And just, you know, for people who are, who are not law enforcement listening to this, um, shit's real. Like shit's shit's the, what you see on Netflix, like those Netflix murder specials that all the white chicks go crazy over. (laughs) Um, you know, it's that happens thousands and thousands of times. 
All the time. <laughs> All the time. Everywhere. All the time. Everywhere. In small, small counties, big counties, you know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter. So when it comes to the down regulation side, we again, this job will fuck you if you let it. We have to be able to have resources in place for officers or just the knowledge we can cram down their throats like hey you should be doing this this is going to help you live a healthier life right just you said like mental stress you're more likely to die from a heart attack in this job yeah like let's oh yeah let's be so what should we really be fighting like what is a focus of you know kind of a law enforcement to kind of go back to me talking to agencies i had a chief call me uh his agency had won the giveaway and um I said, hey, this is all you got to sign this contract here. And there was just some language in the contract he didn't like. And I said, well, it's just the word document, sir. We can absolutely delete it. It's not a big deal, right? We right. want to give this to you. We don't want anything in return. We, we literally you know, want you guys to have it. So if yeah. there's anything that's conflicting, whether it's per your you know, policy, city council doesn't like it, or, or it's your state law, we can you know, absolutely change it. Um, we have an attorney that specializes in these kinds of contracts. And his response to me was, it's just not a focus right now. And I said, well, oh. sir, it's absolutely free. You don't have to worry about it. And I said, you know, this program works. And he said, he said yeah, I understand that. But just, you know, basically gave a bunch of excuses of who would have to be approved by. And I said, I said sir, okay, well, since it's not a focus, uh, your officer's health, wellness, and performance is not a performance or uh, is not a focus, then what is? Right. What was his answer to that? He 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 hung up the phone. Because uh, <laughs> you, you, you should. I'm totally assuming you're not supposed to talk guy. to a chief like yeah. that. But. Well, he's not your chief. <laughs> no, I do. Oh, dude, now I don't give a fuck. Right. You should. You should put that dude on blast. <laughs> but I'll say this: I did talk to a lot of sheriffs and chiefs. The majority of them that I talked to know that something needs to happen. Right. They just don't. They just don't know how to do it. Okay, so you know what? That's a perfect segue into kind of what we were discussing about the whole fitness and um, you and much more yourself personally, and I agree with you 100%. You would rather go into these conflicts in a training environment to where you lose 99% of the time as opposed to the 1% of the time that you have to deal with it on the street that it you lose like you don't want that yeah i mean even if it lessens it by a few percent you're still better off but my thing and this is not me calling out any agency in particular obviously i'm still working i want to keep my job i'm not trying to violate any policy by this statement but it seems to me in general one of the reasons based on what you just said also off of what that chief told you it's not a concern is I think a lot of agencies are more worried about a work comp claim from someone getting injured in training than they are about getting better, getting their officers to a better level of whatever it may be, physical fitness, uh, skills and abilities, whatever, whether it's shooting or actual physical hands-on. I, I genuinely think based on some of my experiences talking with other guys that work at other agencies that... Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen them. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. There's, you know, Tim Kennedy with Sheepdog Response. There's uh, that, uh, uh, what's that guy's name on Instagram? I, I follow him. He's freaking, he's really good. Uh, Craig, Craig Humani or something. He's like, an, he's kind of. Oh, Asian. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Craig, he, yeah. He works, he, uh, 
He works in, in Washington, uh, isn't he? Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I think Washington, right. so, well, yeah. yeah. Super good guy. I actually talked to him. Oh, did you? Yeah, he yeah, seems really dude. cool, but he's always training, and he's doing the stuff that it's like, that's what we should all be doing. Like, that's that, that's the, 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 I understand, and this is, again, me not trying to talk about my specific agency in any way, because I know this is across the board in a lot of a lot of agencies, a lot of PDs, all of that. But uh, there are certain things that we have to do. There's taser recertification. There's CPR. There's, you know, general reoccurring certs that you have to get done every year. I understand that. That part is not what I'm concerned with. My concern is the other downtime that, hey, wouldn't this be better spent doing something that's actually functionally going to give someone the edge or the mindset to go, hey, I just, and I, I'm not saying put someone on the mat with a black belt and just let them get the shit beat out of them because that is not going to make a lot of people go, oh, I should go train jujitsu. It's going to make them be like, fuck that guy. I'm not doing that. Like, this is stupid. But the reality is, is there's a good portion of people that if they did get put into a realistic scenario and they realized how vulnerable they are in that scenario, I think it might wake them up to go, oh, maybe I, because I don't think it's indicative of every agency to be paying for me to go to jujitsu class. I don't think it's indicative of them to have to pay for me to go do extra shooting. Okay. I think that there's a certain level of that that needs to be covered. However, it's important to you as the individual doing this job to make that a priority. Hey, I go and train jujitsu because I love it and I enjoy it. But I also know at the end of the day, it's making me better at what I do. And it's more likely going to make me come home to my family at the end of the day. And sure. I, so, I, so, so let me ask you this. Yeah. You talked about your taser research, firearms research being the general. Why isn't fitness and jujitsu in that category? Why isn't it – why is that, that not the standard, right? Because, you know, I again – Taser research, sir, excuse me, firearms research, all that stuff. It's absolute basic shit, right? right? It, it is liability coverage for the mm-hmm. agency. We all know why we scroll really fast through the fucking in-service videos. <laughs> I do that shit too. Yeah. 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 Right? And the purpose of those is simply liability coverage for the agency. My goal, my mission was, is to make things that should be just which let me go back here i do agree with you that the responsibility is on the officer because it's you you wanted this job you wanted to do this you shouldn't be a fat piece of shit regardless of your job anyways right so no excuses right unless you have some type of actual medical issue that you're gonna put on some weight yeah then don't do this job Right, right, right. And then and then you would probably be medically disqualified from this job. Exactly. So taking these aspects like fitness and jujitsu to an extent and making them general, mandatory, I think is I think is critical. Not even that, but giving officers the resource to do so. And I'm not saying just like you said, I'm not saying pay for someone's jujitsu school. Correct. But maybe 
we know that jujitsu works. It's been proven. We don't have to reprove it. We shouldn't have to be yeah. like, hey, let's try this new jujitsu thing everybody's talking about. No, right. we know this shit works. Yeah. Like, how do we implement it? We know that fitness is important. Let's go ahead and, you know, let's go ahead and implement it. And this thing is law enforcement so behind the curb on that stuff. And you know that. Right. But it wouldn't take much oh, to no. bring him back up to speed. I So I do got to give my agency credit in this regards for sure in the fact that, like I told you, I think we're, again, I can't remember if it's only two or three in the state that actually require the annual physical abilities test every year. And you That's have awesome, a, man. Yeah, you have a time requirement and all that stuff. And I think it does – it doesn't weed out everyone that probably shouldn't be doing it, but it does weed out some. And um, there's, in my opinion, there's certain things that, uh, again, they're set into place. And I think, again, for the agency, it's more of a liability thing that if someone does fail, they get another opportunity however many days later or whatever it is to to qualify, to do it again. And which makes sense. I'm, that's fine. Um, but... Uh, how many, how many times are we going to give them, you know, and that, again, that's another issue, but we do have the pat test. And then we also, our agency is awesome in the sense that they have a, basically a fitness test that you can do. So you have to do it, um, two different times a year, uh, like once at the beginning first six months and one in the second six months. And it used to be a lot more, but they had to like, cut things back for different reasons. I, I'm I, Again, I'm not going to get into what those are because I don't have full knowledge of why. But basically you do a, based on your age, your weight, um, they get a body fat percentage of, not a body fat percentage, they stop doing that. I'm sorry. They do your age, your weight, I forget what else it is. It's something else. And then that, they have some sort of metrics that you have to do a bench press you have to do so much time on a bicycle and uh, it used to be a stretch, bike, bench, and body fat measurement. But they got rid of the body fat and the stretch because we actually had people blowing out their hamstrings on the stretch. Like one of those – you remember those boxes that you got to like stretch and push? Yeah, 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 yeah. There were people like blowing out their hamstrings on that. And I was like, can we touch on that issue for a second? Why are people <laughs> blowing out their hamstrings on a stretch? Like maybe we shouldn't get rid of the stretch and we should teach people how to stretch. Like whatever. Again, falling on deaf ears. But the nice thing about our agency is they offer that as an incentive for vacation hours. So – you Perfect. And it's like – you should see some, I mean, you literally have to do bare minimum and you'll get some hours. And I know people that may be listening to this again that maybe aren't law enforcement. They're kind of like, well, that's screwed up. So they have to do the bare minimum. No, what it is though is like you said, it's giving people, hey, look at this. If you come do this, it's, it's just like a kid. Hey, if you do this, you get ice cream. You know, it's a, hey, just like when I'm training my dog a new trick, it's like, hey, you do this, you get your reward. You know what I mean? Hey, you're, you're going to, you know, I'm working on some new obedience or some sort of obstacle I want them to do or some sort of command. Guess what? You do it. You get a reward. You get a reward. And that, guess what that does? It triggers people to start moving in the correct direction of, oh, well, if I do this, I get this reward. Well, you know what? Next time I don't want to be as fat because I don't, I could barely get the bench press. And if I get the full amount on my bench press, I get whatever it is, 12 hours instead of eight hours. I'm going to yep. work a little harder Huge. to get in shape. Like it's, it's great theory. I mean, and it's simple. It's so simple. Yeah. Incentives are, are very important. And that was kind of one of the questions we asked whenever we were, again, I, 
I met with 300 agencies over the course of, uh, I say I met, my team met, I probably met with at least, at least 250 or so, if Holy not more. Crap. Um, Did you have to go to each of them or was this like phone calls? And- all Zoom calls. Really? Because this all was Zoom like calls. a mixed yeah, so COVID, we, right? We, uh, we came up with the idea to give away a million dollars worth of programming. Um, I'm just blessed to be in a position to be able to do so. Um, this all started off as an idea. Um, I had just recently got promoted to training sergeant and, uh, not because I was very good at my job. It's basically because I don't think anybody else really wanted it. And so I, uh, I put in for it. I I hit the minimum, absolute minimum requirements. I had five year, I just hit my five year mark and I, you know, I put in for it and I got it and, um, and I, I was seeing all these issues and seeing the reports and, and something needs to be happening. Like what are the issues we're having? So I started diving really heavy into the data and the research of workers comp claims and injuries pertaining to law enforcement and things like that. And I started just writing it down. And after collecting about 250 pages of summaries, um, I started kind of organizing that data and developing solutions uh, for where uh, the data showed me. Right. And I kind of got this idea from Will Petty from Centerfuge Training. Not sure if you're, if you're familiar who that is. Uh-uh. Um, very good guy. He's a big vehicle CQB guy, um, and all of his and his approach to that is all data, right? And it's it's the data shows where problems are. Well, we create solutions for those, for, right. you know, for those problems. Obviously, our solutions have to be tested and proven and things like that in order for us to actually solve the problem that we see. So I took that very same approach, obviously learning from him, talking to him. And, uh, you know, the issues that the issues that I was seeing were previous injuries. That's why they don't work out anymore. Their knees hurt, their elbows hurt, right? So the most common areas that are injured, knees, sh- shoulders, lower back, elbows, right? All uh, the upper extremities. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it's every fucking, injury I have, you just named them. Right, right. I mean, every. Well, I mean, you think about law enforcement just in general. You think about the duty belt, sitting, being able to run. Right. So we had to figure out a way to solve the issue. So we did. Um, I had an idea. I brought it to a buddy of mine who's a physical therapist, and he he had the means and the brains to actually kind of get the wheels rolling there. And poof! Fast forward two years. Later, we've had uh, over 10,000 people on the program, 70% of cops. Um, right now, we currently have, we just signed some agencies. Uh, we are giving away agency programs. I think we had Madison County Sheriff's Office in Florida. Um, we had uh, Brooklyn Park Police Department, Bridgewater Police Department in New Jersey. Uh, we just signed on, despite the one I'm totally blanking out but we got one in texas coming we actually just we haven't actually released this yet but seattle police department believe it or not nice. uh, that was a big one holy um, crap that'll be is there going to be anybody there for you guys to help dude <laughs> so they just beaten feet? they have seven they they f- had to let go like 400 police officers in one day um and so i spoke with their lieutenant she or sergeant and lieutenant um, she is absolutely awesome. Her mission is to, you know, man, Seattle's got a really bad rap, right? Cause you know, 
the news and mm-hmm. them being uh, a very left left state. Um, but there are good cops there. Um, oh yeah, I don't doubt. I never doubted that part. Right, dude. That's the thing, man. Is, is they're good cop, right? Bad cops exist. They suck. Whatever. Shitty people exist, and but there are plenty of good cops that are still trying to make change and hold on. Besides bailing, like some people, um, I guess you consider myself that I bailed. But the reason I bailed was because here I am teaching health and wellness, yet I was working eighteen hours a day, right. working, uh, being a full time training sergeant. Obviously, coming home, having having family, and uh, you know, and then running a business running two businesses actually. So it was tough. And, and uh, I was like, well, I always wanted to make a difference. I always wanted to see change. And I thought that I could help more people outside of law, like outside of the badge than I did uh, wearing a badge. And so far as it's been true. Um, And, and what keeps me going is the emails and DMS I get of whether it's, Hey man, I lost 50 pounds or, I lost the foot pursuit and then six months later I haven't lost one yet since I've been on your program where, or when I either, or when I get DMS that I don't ever take credit for at all. Cause I, I didn't do any of the work, right. The officer did the work. Um, I've had guys get in shootings and tell me that some stuff that they've seen has helped them um, survive an encounter. And obviously I obviously will take never take any credit for that. I said, no, bro, you put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. You did the action. You fucking a rock star. Like right. that's, that's just how it works. I was just, I was just the dude that was all like, buy my shit. It'll make you better. And it did. And then you had the result. Right. So I, I think it's, I think it's great. And plus I say buy my shit. Like I'm, I'm a terrible <laughs> salesperson. Absolutely. <laughs> dude, I was talking to these agencies. I was like, look, I just want to give you a shit for free. If you, if you don't win, you can buy it. This is, you know, this is obviously how much it costs, <laughs> but this is what you're going to be getting. Yeah. And it's a lot more than just an app on a phone, by the way, for the agency stuff. We do in-service training. We do in-person workshops. Uh, we have a train-the-trainer course. So it's, it's a very in-depth um, oh, yeah. agency program. Um, I, I, I think that I can't stand people that would just sell you something, especially dude, I was in training. So I know how people are just like, oh, yeah. here, buy my product. Right. And they just leave. Right. It's just like a one-time sale and, and, and go like my team assigns coach. Like you're going to have your own physical therapist, your own strength coach, and your own nutrition specialist that your officers can access 24 seven, whenever they Dang. want. Um, That's so awesome. It, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, again, the, the way that we broke it down is, nobody's doing it. That's why we're having this success we're having. And right. it's simply because, and we're also not charging an arm and a leg. Well, you know, and the they fact that, so the, one of my questions that I did have for you, so sure, bro. you decided, like, how did you decide to start the effective, effective fitness? Did you, was it initially just going to be geared towards your agency and it just kind of blew up? Or I know you said you started talking with the, you know, the personal trainer buddy of your or physical therapist guy and he was smarter than you, but was the initial thought like, Hey, can you help me design something for my agency? And then it just kind of catapulted from there. Or was it like, did you have the, the mindset of like, let's see how many people we can get this out to. Yeah. So no, it all started, it was all for my agency. I had, 
I loved writing proposals. I loved implementing new training. Um, I did implement a TAC med program in my agency. It was the first day one. I already had the proposal written. I had all the oh, PowerPoints wow. done and the lesson plans already written. Even before I um, was even promoted, I was just, there was, we had nothing. Our guys wow. didn't have tourniquets. At yeah, all. Uh, it was nothing. funny when I listened to your podcast on Cleared Hot, I literally, I was laughing because we just got tourniquets this year. And we are like a, we're not like some podunk agency. We just, it's crazy. I mean, we had tourniquets on SWAT, like our, like the, like we had them on our SWAT vests and stuff, but we're not a full-time SWAT team. So like general patrol did not have tourniquets until 2019, you know? And it's one of those things where, how, like, how is that even possible? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was, just, it blew my mind because I knew so many guys that uh, had come from other agencies or were in the military and they all carried their own. They all carried their own. And I always thought like, oh, wow, like that's that's one of those things I should get, you know? And Yeah, I should spend $25. Exactly, my for life. something that could save my life. But uh, yeah. you know what the sad part about it is, is not too long ago, I... A buddy of mine, we were talking, and uh, so this, so the mag pouches on um, our SWAT vests, we got new vests, and uh, one of my buddies bought. Man, I would love to throw out a throw out the name of the company, but I'm gonna get it wrong, so I apologize. It's Blue something Blue Line Apparel or something. I don't know what it is. That sounds too gay. I don't think that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> it's like it's something. Maybe it's blue force. I don't know, but it's like oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. the so elastic, yeah, like the elastic mag pouches, you know, they're yeah. kind of like, so they're really flat. They're really like compressed to the vest. They kind of take down some of the bulk. And I was like, man, I think I'm going to get the, I, and I looked up how much they were and it was like 60 bucks or whatever it was. I, I, I might be wrong on the number, but it was whatever it was. And I literally went like, ah. I mean, I got the free ones that came on the vest. They'll be all right. And my buddy, he goes, he goes, you know, the difference between a professional and someone that's just doing the job, someone that's willing to pay for their own gear. And I was just like, God damn, got me. And so true. You know, I, I, and from then on now, anytime I need, and this was probably shoot a year ago, two years ago that, and like I said, we're very lucky in the sense that our, our agency as very generous. Like we have nice stuff. We have take home cars. We have, we have good equipment that's all provided for us. I, I'm not going to, I, there's no way that I could bash our agency, even if I sure. wanted to on that it's because good. they, they do. Yeah, Cause there's a lot of agencies that You're lucky. Yeah. Especially when I go to like a SWAT, whether it's a competition or a training or something like with other agencies, we very much have people like kind of ogling over our our gear like oh man that's nice like what is that you know and they love our rifles they love our you know whatever it is they we get that all the time and we're very blessed and lucky to have that but uh it wasn't until more recently that i started going like you know it's not going to hurt me to pay a little bit extra to make sure i have that extra tourniquet to have you know a different type of sling other than the one that was issued with the rifle you know and Cause it makes me a better operator, you know? And, uh, it's just, it's one of those things that it's not a big deal. And you know, as well as I do on a, on a cop's budget, everything is, 
nickel and diamond you, but you got to oh, yeah. spend the money if it's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to bring you home and it's going to make you safe. So, right. And being a cop in the Southeast, we're not paid the most. Um, nah, nah. No, I, really. I was making fucking pennies. But mm-hmm. when it came to gear, man, uh, you know, tourniquet is another one of those things that I actually, there's one major in particular who can go fuck himself if he's listening to this um, <laughs> that I used to work with. He uh, would literally make fun of the tourniquet on my belt. And he was a piece of shit. He did absolutely zero about law enforcement, right. zero about being physically prepared. Uh, and and just an overall piece of shit. And so he was one of those guys that I was like, I would never want you to train me. I would never – I don't know how that – I mean – we know how you got your position, sir. Um, <laughs> we have uh, a, we. There might not saying that there is, but there's there's plenty of those at other agencies too, Adam. Oh, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, he would look at my tourniquet and just go, "What is that? Is it department issued and things like that?" I said, "No, it's a tourniquet. It's to where if uh, you were to get shot in the leg, I don't know, like right now, and I were to hit uh, an artery, uh, you would be fucked. Um, and if I were to get shot in the leg, and it would." you know, hit my artery, I would be not fucked. Right. Um, and that's basically how I explain it to someone of his mental capacity. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's things like that, but I did have a captain who was, he's the fucking man where my, I could actually call him my friend. He was my sergeant when I first got on and he got promoted to captain. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, soon after that, he left me. Um, <laughs> and he ended up actually being my training captain. So whenever, whenever oh, I bring nice. a proposal for him, I, he never told me no. He never told me no. I was like, hey, sir, I need to go to Oklahoma. I need yeah. to go take this medical class in Oklahoma. He goes, you got a state credit card. Swipe it. I went to nice. train with the Tulsa SWAT team for a week. Oh, right? shit. And said, oh, dude, if you ever have the opportunity to go to, to oh, Tulsa and train there. I've, I've heard their, good things. Their academy, their training facility is top notch. Yeah. Um, Great guys too, like phenomenal human beings as well. Uh, they get into a lot of shit in Tulsa. It's um, weird how that kind of goes hand in hand, isn't it? Like yeah. the guys oh, that yeah. see the worship. I mean, same thing with you said, you know, Bob Keller and any SF guys. You, the ones that see the worst shit, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, I I can told I like that guy. Like yeah, you just no, you don't know what super, it is. They're, just, they're better. super great, man. And yeah. it, you know, uh, he was you know. To kind of get back to your original question, he was um, the captain that also wanted me to start kind of diving into the fitness world. He knew that I was big into fitness. And so I started kind of putting together something for uh, the new hires, right, for those that are in the pre-academy. Because that was also part of my job was the pre-academy, academy, academy, and then post-academy training. Mm. Um, And so I really wanted to develop a program that was for all fitness levels, but also not going to hinder those that are – at more of the intermediate to advanced fitness level. I don't want to be like, all right, guys, we're going to go on a 300-meter run, and then, you know, people be dying, and other guys be like, this is this is stupid. Dumb. I'm actually yeah. getting worse at fitness because of you. Um, so that's the last thing I want to do. So right. I slowly developed a program, kept developing it, and then uh, the day that I decided to leave law enforcement, I was in a meeting uh, with, with uh, the majority of brass. We were kind of determining the next evolution of – training because uh you know and this was like right before uh everything should hit the fan in law enforcement basically um it was the day before it was uh the day before christmas eve is when i sent him my two-week notice and uh, um 
ended up, well, I said it was my resignation, I guess right, you would say that, right. but I had a bunch of leave that I had to burn because um, I, I never took leave. And so, uh, you know, I basically had this program written out and I said, this is really based off my agency. But then I started talking, you know, one of my best friends is a sergeant uh, here in Charleston. He's a canine guy as well. Uh, and he and SWAT dude, he basically, him and I were talking and I was like, dude, I like this is something so again i took it to my pt buddy in mind it was only because i was seeing issues in my own agency to where i i made it super specific to the guys that i knew from all ages from all fitness levels and it obviously isn't as complex um back then as it is now it's we have a lot of moving parts that affect the fitness and it's yeah. it's more than just an instagram page and I, I really try to tell people that i don't even actually get on the page much anymore uh, unless there's uh, some specifically for me, um, I have a team for all of that because my goal is to do things like talk to you, yeah, right? I appreciate um, it, and and you know, kind of get the word out there. And um, whenever I again, I was just seeing issues, and yeah. and nobody was solving them. Everybody had the the be a fucking badass, climb a mountain 15 times and <laughs> pick up some heavy weight, put it back down. But that's just not realistic, right? That's not what right. the majority of the population in the law enforcement community needs. They need, they need something that's, that's their speed. They need to, they need to literally crawl, walk and run. Right. Yeah. Um, just, just like you said, you're not going to be like, Hey man, you want to get better at jujitsu? Go roll with this black belt. Yeah. It's going to fuck you up. You're not going to learn hey, shit. Right. Right. So, the baby step option for me was uh, I kind of went to a buddy of mine, gave him straight up business plan. This is what I had. What do you think? This is all while I was in law enforcement. Right. We kind of started developing it. We had uh, Eve is one of the owners too. He was he was he was my original owner, uh, and now Coach Dane. And obviously, we all still work together. Um, we kind of started rolling. Started kind of doing content together, uh, relevant content really breaking down certain things that guys may not know, like the Jefferson curl movement, crawling as, you know, kind of part of your activity. And one of my biggest things was I want to make sure we can benefit other disciplines like jujitsu, shooting tactics and things like that. Uh, Cause that's, what's really important. Right. So we called it effective fitness and not functional fitness. Functional fitness is what really is functional fitness. Like I think getting up off the toilet seat is pretty functional for me. Right. Absolutely. Um, I want my fitness to be literally effective in a situation. I don't want it just to, I just, I just don't want to function. I want it to work. Right. right. Um, I want it to be job specific. I don't want to be in the gym for two hours. I don't want to do very complex movements like CrossFit. Uh, I did CrossFit for many years. Uh, CrossFit just seemed to be very high risk and low reward. Um, and my goal was not to be the best at fitness, right? right. My goal was to be the best at being effective. Yes. And that, and that pertained to whether it was shooting, uh, tactics, jujitsu, et cetera. And so uh, we obviously had to grow because we started getting more people. So we hired more coaches. Coach Kelly is uh, – she's actually our head programmer. Uh, she is – her job has – she actually had a gym specifically for first responders. Oh, wow. Uh, that's that's kind of her niche. And she is – dude, she is 100 and maybe 30 pounds, and she just – deadlifted uh no straps no belt she deadlifted 365 oh, like it was a- absolutely nothing oh dude she she makes she makes grown man look like fucking giant vaginas <laughs> um like and, and this thing is like she's super cool right like she's yeah. she's you know she's super chill and she understands she researches she studies on her own 
Um, and I was able to actually steal her from her own gym and now she works for effective fitness full time. Um, and we are so glad to have her. And then we have Dr. Matt, um, as well, who's kind of the brains behind, uh, the backend stuff. He's he's a PT by trade. Uh, but he's also an it guy. He does all of our website design and all, all, you know, all our optimization and things like that. Double threat. All of our organizational stuff. So basically all I did was have an idea. Um, (laughs) and just (laughs) hold on for the ride, you know? Hey, yeah, bro. I mean, I was like, I was like, cool. Yeah. sounds like a great idea, guys. I'm a cop. Yeah. I don't know anything. I, um, can barely color in between the lines and still give me safety scissors. Um, you know, so when it came to those things, obviously my expertise, I was very involved in the training. Like I said, I never took a day off of work. I probably worked more than I should have. My experience in law enforcement is limited. I always tell people I am not a know-it-all. I haven't experienced that much. Um, I did work in a high call volume area. So I did experience probably more than someone in a kind of a podunk slower town. Um, I worked with a variety of agencies ranging from the Coast Guard all the way down to Sheriff's Office, City, Federal, U.S. Marshals, DEA, all that stuff, FBI. And and I had a great experience in law enforcement. It was the best job I've absolutely ever had. And um, I'm still certified in the state of South Carolina as a cop, so I may go back and um, stay reserved. But, dude, I, I work seven days a week, 12 hours a day, uh, the grind never stops. I haven't actually had a day. I haven't had one day off since I left law enforcement. So that being said, um, what was the like catalyst that made you say, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like, was there uh, one thing in particular that was that meeting that you had where you just said, okay, like someone said something or did something or you yeah, were just like, it actually, uh, the major mispronounced my last name. I'm, I'm dude. I am oh, serious as a fucking God. heart attack. Oh my! I said this. I said. I said this dude is my supervisor. Yeah. And doesn't even know me, and yet he's telling. And the worst part was, is he thought he knew me. Uh and one of my other sergeants that was with me. She is. Uh, I'm not going to mention her name, but um. She is an absolute rock star. She's one of the most experienced military and law enforcement officers that I've ever met um, in general. Uh, She's very, very high ranking uh, in the military. She is an officer uh, at a very high level. Uh, She's actually currently deployed and and on active duty. Um, And uh, she looked at me and her and I – she she's awesome and she kind of looked at me and she knew she called me the minute we got got back on our vehicles and goes you're you're done aren't you (laughs) yeah fuck yeah yeah i'm done and i it was one of the i'll be honest with you it's one of the hardest decisions i've 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 ever had to make was leaving um i uh i went worked out that night and literally was crying as i was bench pressing like a little bitch um simply because i was like am I making the right decision? Like, this is what I, this is who I am. This is who I identify as. This is my, this is my life. But I was like, I have a bigger mission. And my mission was simply to help cops. And I, I still to this day feel like I'm, I'm doing more good. I mean, I don't, I don't brag. My dad came from nothing, absolutely nothing. He's a first generation immigrant. So, um, 
literally came here when he was 18 with a suitcase uh, and built a, a very successful business. And nice. so for me to see him do that and to kind of take his advice and taking risk, uh, I was all about that life. And yeah. I was like, he just told me, he goes, son, you just can't fail. That's the only option. Just, it doesn't matter if you fail. You just can't continuously fail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, that, that makes absolute sense. Ed. So yeah. I've been very, I've been very lucky and very blessed. Uh, but I can, I can tell you this, it didn't happen overnight. Um, please post. I actually, had, if you listen to uh, my first episode of my podcast, I did not originally start please post. Um, buddy of mine, Hunter, who's a, uh, he's currently a police officer. He's a sheriff's deputy. Excuse me. I would never curse him like that. <laughs> um, uh, in South Carolina, he actually started the page and he asked me, he, he grew his family really quick. He guess he, I guess he forgot to pull out a bunch and, um, <laughs> he had a bunch of kids and was like, I don't have time for it. Can you help? And at that time he was just posting pictures of cops. It had nothing to do with training. It was just like cops doing this and all, right. all this stupid shit. And, uh, I was like, hey, I just posted one training video. I was like, hey, well, actually, I did something at work that was fucked up. And I was like, well, damn, maybe I can find a video of somebody else doing something fucked right. up. I posted it and uh, it, it blew up. And seven, eight years later, it, yeah. it took. Um, here, here we are. Uh, the biggest the biggest legitimate police page on, on Instagram. See, that's awesome, um, man. I've had conversations with people like Joe Rogan was able to have uh, – get on the clear top podcast with Mr. Andy Stumpf. Um, you know, I've met a lot of incredible people such as yourself. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a blessing and I, and I just hate it for a lot to kind of go to, to waste and just be posting for no reason. I still make right. $0 off of police post. I have never, I've never made any substantial amount of money off of police post <laughs> at all. Um, effective fitness, Effective fitness is my main source of income, but it's also the way I can also give back. You know, just what we talked about, we just gave away a million dollars in training, which I never thought I would be even able to say those fucking words considering right. I've never even seen a million dollars. I've seen it on TV and I've typed it out on my phone a couple of times to just see what <laughs> it looked like. And it's still a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that we're able to do that, we're going to be helping about about 5,000 police officers, um, about eight eight to 10 agencies. And That's awesome, uh, man. we're excited. And we're going to hopefully, as the business grows, we, we want to give away a million dollars a year. Um, my goal is to have uh, an agency in each state on our program donated for free. Man, um, that would that be is, awesome. That is my mission. And the only way that's possible is because we have our members that pay right. for for membership. And that's probably been the hardest part about the whole business thing is I just want to give, give, give. And I'm like, I'm a terrible, again, I'm a terrible salesman. I'm a terrible <laughs> business rep. Um, yeah. cause I'm like, well, can we give away $2 million? They're like, you're fucking they're out like, of your no, damn mind. They're asshole. like, shut up. They're like, yeah, they're, they're like, dude, let's just, let's just start at one. Cause this could seriously fuck up our company anyways. Uh, but two is definitely out of the question. I was like, okay, well, it was worth a try. Well, you know? for anyone uh, listening to this that hasn't checked it out and signed up and all that stuff, I get the workouts and I'll tell you what, I've already certain things that have like, cause again, I train a lot and I, my wife will tell you, she's, she's said it multiple times. She's like, it's really good that you're addicted to working out and not something else because you would be a straight up addict addict. And Big I'm like, facts. yeah, oh yeah, I'd be freaking, you know, in the alleyway doing stuff with dudes for whatever, but <laughs> I'm just saying for less, uh, yeah, for way less. But uh, <laughs> that being said is like, 
even here recently, one of your, um, I think, I think it was on police post. I could be wrong, but it was a video of literally this dude, no shoes, no shirt, booking it around the corner. And someone's just video on him running. And this cop is, I mean, hot on his heels. He's, he's getting it too. And it, I think it said, um, it said, when was the last time you chased a guy for a mile and a half do sprints? And I was like, I was like, man, I really don't do enough sprints. Cause like I do them with the dog. Like uh, we have a place down here. It's called the celery fields. I don't know why, but it's got a huge hill and I'll do sprints with him up the hill. And it occurred to me the other day, uh, it's kind of ironic, uh, coincidence, whatever you want to call it, because, uh, shortly after that post came out, it was literally like, it was either the day before or the next day I was literally, so I went to this call and, uh, not to get too into it, but this guy had barricaded himself in this back bedroom. And, uh, I was there as a canine initially, uh, we weren't sure if it was going to turn into a SWAT thing. I was there with another SWAT guy. Uh, he had uh, domestic battery on a, his girlfriend. It was actually domestic with a uh, with a knife, and he had cut her slightly, and he had barricaded himself. He was high on meth, uh, and it was this shitty little duplex, like block home duplex, single story, and uh, we had the place surrounded, and we were discussing like our options, like what are we going to do in... Uh, I said, listen, he's high as a kite. I go, we can go try to bark him out, just kind of play a bluff because he's barricaded. So like we're, we already had the house except for that back bedroom. So I was like, I can go give commands. He might come out. I go, but I'm not sending my dog in there with a guy that we know for certain has a knife. And yeah, we could send him in through the window because there was like a AC rattler like in the one window. And he's like, yeah, we could knock that down and send the dog in. How do I get to the get to him then? You know what I mean? Like if let's sure. say let's say the guy doesn't have a knife and the dog gets on him, then we're just gonna leave him in there until we can get just gonna to, gnaw on him yeah, for a while. Exactly. So like, no, we're not doing that. So we already had a you know plan in place. Hey, let's try to bark him out. If it doesn't work, we'll progress from there. And uh as I'm walking up to the house, uh I hear over the radio and it's a newer guy. Uh he he's foreign. So he has a little bit of an accent um, and it wasn't quite, he didn't quite hear what he, it almost sounded like he said uh, coming out. So I went towards the front because I thought they were saying he was coming out, coming out the bedroom door. Um, my buddy, who's also on SWAT, Sergeant, he started going around the back of the duplex. And uh, as I'm walking up to the front of the residence, the neighboring duplex is a bunch of uh, low-income individuals that you know were standing outside drinking. Go, hey, he just ran out the back of our house. He had climbed through the attic, crawled over to their side, and booked it out the back door of their residence. Smart man, right? He's a, he's you know he's you know he's got some engineering in him, you know. But uh, he takes off, and the funny thing was, is the guy on the back side that had the bedroom covered. He didn't know what the suspect looked like. So he just sees this guy run out the other side and he's like, he goes, I started jogging after him and I said, Hey, stop. And then the dude took off and he goes, and I was running. And so I had, so the initial deputy that was chasing him, then that buddy of mine, the sergeant that's chasing him. And then I'm behind him running with the dog. And 
by the time we rounded this wood line, they had already grabbed it. I was bummed. I was bummed because I was like, oh man, this would have been a good one because it was open space. If I could have got them to both stop running and just send the dog, it would have been a- Send the dog, yeah. Yeah, it would have been a quick But like I said, I don't remember if the video was the day before or the day after, but the, the whole sprint thing made me go, I got to start doing them sprints, man. Man, I'm telling you, I don't sprints. ever run, I couldn't tell you the last time I ran a mile. Um, I do sprints and then, so- Two of the most underrated things that we program, sprints, obviously one, sprints and agility work. Agility is extremely important and is definitely not trained in most programs, but crawling. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. People, people underestimate the value of a crawl. Oh, yeah. And, um, and this is kind of why I came up with the, the tactical agility course that we do. Uh, and we've had a few agencies implement it. We've had a couple SWAT teams implement it um, simply because it, it, it just kind of encompasses a lot of that muscular endurance, but also crawling. And it really helps you kind of adjust your gear a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge functional. fan of less is more. Obviously, on SWAT, yeah. I understand you have to have all your gizmos and gadgets or whatever. Yeah. But when it comes to the patrol aspect of things, I would say less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to make sure that you're just not restricting your mobility and your ability to create distance. Cause that's right. all your tools aren't going to fucking save you. If you, if the dude's, you know, three feet from you coming through the knife. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's great, but I think the sprints are, are some that's extremely underrated. Agility is underrated and crawling is underrated. Crawling is extremely beneficial, obviously for multiple things, but especially for ground defense stuff. Um, you're not going to ever arrest a combative suspect standing up. I mean, you you may, but it's probably you know very rare. There's usually um, a couple of you, and you got them pinned against something. It's not because right, right. Yeah, it's so, not because it's just. But a, even at that, yeah. you're you're still looking at the you know at this stability of certain joints. And right. one thing I, I I try to explain to to you guys is you got to look at where injuries occur, how often they occur, and what are we doing to solve this problem. And the answer is they occur often. Law enforcement does nothing. And then what's the solution, right? The right. solution is to administer three day a week, 10 minutes every, you know, 10 minutes, three times a week, a shoulder stability program that we have with our pro. Like, that's why we have shoulders, knees and lower back. And I actually was talking to a sergeant up in, he's playing Haiti, but he was in North. Again, I talked to a shit ton of cops in the yeah. past two months, but he was in, uh, North to South Dakota, super good guy, super small town. And when I'm describing, you know, doing my whole little thing of what you're going to get with the program, he goes, you can stop, man. I've been doing the program for three months. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I said, he goes, I'll tell you this right now, man. He goes, the programming is great. He goes, but those rehab programs, he goes, I've been doing this job for 16 years. He goes, those rehab programs are the tits. Oh, exact words. Nice. And I was like, they are the tits. Um, <laughs> The nicest tits. And so he, uh, he literally was like, no, he goes, he goes, I'm serious because I, I wasn't working out because of my shoulder and my knee. He goes, I, st- he goes, I actually just started with your rehab programs and then started going into the, into the EFT program. And he, he goes, dude, I've, I've never felt better. He goes, I did CrossFit and all that stuff. And God, how much has CrossFit fucked people over? God, I, oh, dude, I mean, there was once, uh, I can't remember the name of the agency. Um, to butcher it it's like Tulua Tulua PD in California one of those and uh so their team leader SWAT team called me we talked for two hours on the phone great dude big CrossFit guy dude's an absolute monster in the gym yeah. and uh 
you know, he started talking. He's like, man, I was just kind of reading your post and you talk a lot of shit about CrossFit. <laughs> and I was all like, I mean, it's not like I talk shit, you know, it's a great, I said, CrossFit's a company, right? It's not like it's a, it's a type of workout. Um, I said, well, it's just not, you got to think about well, like, what are you training for? He goes, dude, all my guys would do it and they'd be absolutely trash. And I was like, right, if you're training for a reason, yet you're so sore that you can't perform, mm-hmm. then what the fuck are you training for? Right. Right. So if, if your training is specific, it's also low risk. So you're not doing Olympic movements. You're not doing muscle ups. You're not doing things that are high risk with very low actual benefit when it comes to being effective for a situation. Um, you know, let's tailor that training to where it's you're, you're not in the gym for two hours. You're hitting what you need to hit. You're actually seeing benefit from it and you're able to perform even after you work out. Right. And that's the goal of this program is it's not to like do so we have guys who are like, man, I still hadn't, I still had stuff left in the tank. Can I add this to it? And we're like, you can, but that's not the point. You're going to see progress, right? Like there's a lot of research and data in our programming. Like again, coach Kelly is, she's, she's, she's a real, I actually called her today and I was like, Hey, I got a question about, um, rate of perceived exertion when it comes to programming. I had, I had some questions for her and everything I threw at her, she had an answer because she actually studies this shit. Like she's not just something that like, Hey, I got my online shit. Right. Right. She's, I mean, she actually went to school for this. Um, and obviously, you know, Dr. Matt, he graduated at the top of his class from Duke university. Um, he's an absolute nerd. Um, man, how did you get surrounded by all these smart people? <laughs> oh, so Eve, um, so Eve is, I know everybody's like, oh, Adam and Eve, yeah, but Eve's a good dude. Um, he uh, he's he's a brilliant PT. Uh, he's also an entrepreneur, right? So um, he actually had Matt came down to do like an internship, or, or or like he was supposed to start working for his other practice, and um, Eve was like, hey man, we have this online thing going on. You want to see if you can, you know, kind of want to help with that? And he kind of was like, oh, you helping police officers? Like that's cool. I can dig it. Let me see what we can do with it. And so then it just yeah. it just freaking blew up and then obviously i've been marketing it a little bit on police posts and you know you know on the effective fitness side but man really my goal is to not buy a 350 foot yacht in a year right my goal is to literally i i want to give away 50 million dollars by the time i die that's like my goal right is it gonna happen i mean dude fuck it we'll try um you know, with with my life expectancy, probably not. Um, <laughs> Shoot, you got out unless I have a killer life insurance right. policy. Yeah, you might uh, be all right. In that case, somebody else will definitely benefit. <laughs> um, but my goal is is to really give away. Like, uh, there is no program out there that is doing what we're doing at the level we're doing it at, at the price we're doing it at. Right? It's literally less than a dollar a day, and you have your own PT. Uh, your own strength conditioning coach and your own nutrition specialist that you can talk to whenever you want, however long you want. They'll have Zoom calls with you. You can personally email these people and they're a resource for you. Same thing with agencies. I'm like, you know how much it would cost you to just hire uh, One of a nutritionist those? to, yeah. you know, you're looking at five, 600 bucks a month per officer, right? Um, for all of those things combined, we're doing it at some cost. We have one agency, paying a $6 per officer and they, they get access for everything for the, for the entire month. So you're talking, sounds like a fucking, uh, 
ASPCA commercial <laughs> for 15 cents a day. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. sponsor a fat fucking exactly, police officer. Yeah, exactly. Um, Give him but, bonus. Give him yeah, bonus. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> man, it, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where it had to be cost effective, right? right? It has to be cost effective, but it has to be, it has to be good. And, um, all the other programs out there, I would never talk bad about certain individual companies. Um, but every, every member is giving back to law enforcement. Every single member that we have goes into the million dollar giveaway. We, we literally, we've actually given away more than a million dollars because we've had to, uh, we've had attorney fees that we've had to talk to their attorneys and that we had to change contracts and things like that because of right. certain laws. Um, so it's actually costing us uh, well over a million dollars. Uh, Cause as you know, attorneys at $500 an hour uh, are not cheap. Um, and so we're, again, there are some agencies that are just being super, I'm like, look, motherfucker, it's free. Yeah. Like take it or don't like Jeez. you're charging me 500 bucks an hour to every time I call my attorney to yeah. change a document. Cause you don't like the fucking wording of something that's yeah. literally just like, there. I have to, other agencies so you don't that would gladly take this and you're, yeah, d- yeah. dude, Seattle PD, please. Thank you. Yeah, right. That's it. Dude, yeah. There are some agencies. I'll say this. There is one bridge Bridgewater. PD in New Jersey. So what, so what the agencies had to do is obviously they had to have an interview with me uh, or one of my team members and they had to submit a, uh, someone in their command staff. So Lieutenant or higher or the equivalent of had to submit a one to three minute video of why fitness and health and wellness is important to their officers, not their agency. And um, do they think this would be, do they think this program would be a good fit? This one agency in New Jersey, I'll have to send you the video literally had it professionally done. I'm, I'm talking the guy that did it is like, he's a cop, but he, in he works for them, but he's a professional videographer. Um, and this thing had like voiceovers and like oh, slow motion geez. clips that would like, gra- I mean, this like legit agency. And of course they won, right? They put the fucking time yeah. in this video. And I mean, it would probably cost somebody a couple, a couple thousand dollars to do a video like this. And, uh, man, it, it's, it's awesome that I, I have videos from sheriffs and chiefs, m- multiple videos of them saying why this is important and like why they haven't done anything about it. And that was probably the, the biggest pill for them to swallow was like, I feel like I, I, I've neglected this and we have to do something and I don't know what to do. We don't have any resources. We would really appreciate, you know, I was, which I could give to everybody. Mm. Uh, but again, we could only select 10 or I would go bankrupt. Right. Uh, and that's no, that's, that's not good. So, so let me ask you uh, with that being said, are you, you being such a data driven guy, have you been seeing a lot of, like these agencies there, are they just like full in? Like, I mean, everybody in the agency is, or is it just some here and there? Like what's the, right. So how we're starting to collect data now, obviously us being a very new company, right? So, um, our data is not, at least from a data collection perspective, it's not complete. Right. Mm -hmm. So we are still collecting data and we're doing it in multiple ways, right? We're doing it, uh, workers comp claim wise, right. We're doing it um, via, we send out monthly or uh, quarterly surveys to each officer that they fill out, talking about stress, sleep, mood, ability, right? BMI, uh, body. If people say, oh, BMI, blah. Yeah, sure. BMI's fucked up. 
um, IBM I talked to, but it's a it's a way to collect a relatively accurate amount of data over a ginormous uh, pool volume of people, of people yeah. right? So, so is it that? Yes, people like you and I probably have fucked up BMIs. I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that I'm. Uh, I think I'm underweight, or <laughs> whatever my BMIs. Like I don't know, like negative six. I should be dead. I don't know. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, but it's a way for us to collect it over. Over, over a mass scale. So we have the workers comp, we have, we have the surveys, uh, we have the insurance claims. Um, we're also kind of dabbling into, or, you know, and we can also collect information on the app. The problem with that is I'm probably the worst at it. I and use the then, app. Yeah. I don't log in my shit though. Right. Yep. So like, I'm so bad about say, that. Why not? I said I'm so bad about that. Also, just yes, law, same, law, same. Yeah. But it, but it's like me. Like I just want to work out and get the fuck home, right? Exactly. Like so. To say now we can show how people like logged onto the app. So that's the way we can all start that progress. So we've done pilot programs to collect data, and we usually have with the sh- 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 little amount of data we have, it's about fifty percent, right? Which is which is huge, uh, considering. Uh, 75% of agencies don't do shit. So if we could change 25% of, imagine if 25% of your agency were to be in shape, how, (laughs) how big of a change would that be? If now, now this is the thing too, is the way that I also approach this is you got to think about fitness, dude. It's right. We're changing people's lifestyles. We're changing habits. You know how hard that is? Ask a fucking heroin addict. They'll tell you like, (laughs) how hard is that shit? It's so hard to not go to the fridge. It's so hard to not go to the fucking, it's so hard to meal prep, right? Things like that. But we have to, we are trying to ingrain smaller steps to yield a big result. And that's what I try to tell administration whenever I have these conversations. If you want instant gratification, go pressure wash your sidewalk or go cut the grass, right? This is, this is not this for you. This is why we price it this way. This is, it's a long-term investment. You may not see change for five years. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. But you got to do something. You can't just say, oh, we're not seeing change in six months. Fuck it. It's not worth it. That, oh my gosh. I have had this conversation with so many people that I don't understand. Well, now it's more evident why they are. Right now, who wants to really be a cop? So they're obviously hiring whoever they can get. But the problem I have with that in a lot of ways is, and I've, this is not me calling anyone in particular out. You know who you are. I'm not trying to fat shame people. They know who they are. But the reality is, is some of these people that get hired and it's like, that's a bad investment. If you look at law enforcement <laughs> as a company, that's a bad investment. You just you just might as well cut a check to them for work comp claims, insurance, like all the like the, all these things, like certain people, they get in and it's like yeah, that person is never going to be healthier than they were the day they were hired. No. You know, and that's what's scary to me is it's like, you said it, these, these people, it has to be a lifestyle change. It can't, it's not going to be, hey, we're going to do this diet for 30 weeks or, or uh, 30 days and that's going to fix everything. No, 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 no. This is something you now do forever, you know, yeah. and that. I think, unfortunately, that seems tedious to people. Like, it's too much for them to go, 
wait, I got to do this forever. No, no. It's like you said, it's baby steps. You go, hey, I'm only going to eat out once a week. The rest of the time, I'm going to bring my lunch. I'm only going to have an energy drink once a night instead of three times a night. Like it's little incremental things that progressively, you know, it's just like, it's just like anything else, like slippery slope in a negative way. You can do it in a positive way. Absolutely. I mean, look at freaking, I mean, and I'm not saying everyone can do this, but like, look at Jocko. Every single time I see a post from that guy, it's his goddamn watch at 430 in the morning. And it's like, he didn't get up at 430. That's just what time he took the picture of his watch. Like he was up before right. that, guaranteed. Because like yeah. I wake up at 4.30 and guess what? My first thought is not to take a picture of my watch. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> like it's to go take a piss and to get yeah. on my clothes and stumble to my car and drive to jujitsu. That's that's all that's on my mind, you right. know. And not everyone can function at that level. I think that's something that a lot of people get hung up on is they think, oh, Jocko does it this way or uh, David Goggins does it this way or Cam Haynes does it. Th- it's like, listen, they are exceptional people doing exceptional things. But there's no reason why you can't take that first step to go, hey, I'm not going to keep drinking the energy drinks or hey, I'm not going to eat at McDonald's anymore. You know? Sure. I mean, and this is my thing too is, is I mean, I'm a huge fan of all three. Um, I take certain things away from all three. Right. I like David Goggins' mindset. I think he's an idiot when it comes to what he's doing to his body. Absolutely. Uh, he's like getting his knees drained and he's like, yeah, push harder. I'm like, no, bro, reduce your fucking volume. <laughs> you find something else. Like, yeah. be smart. Again, I I get it. I don't know if it's a sales thing. I know he's very, I know he's very, he's a hard dude, right? He's I've, clearly I'm not insane. taking away from him, but from a perspective of longevity, um, I just don't think what he's doing is, is, uh, I would not want to follow in his footsteps. Um, again, you can apply his motivation to many other things, right? Yeah. Same thing with Jocko. Um, Jocko is a fucking stud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny cause I, I actually was watching an interview with him and somebody was like, you're actually not as tall as I thought you were. He's like, no, I'm like 5'11". Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's not a giant dude. Yeah, you right? think like of a, him as like just this beast of a dude, but he's... Yeah, he's, yeah. he's just like a normal-sized guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know, same thing with Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes is an absolute freak of nature. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Cam Haynes fan, whether he's bow hunting or uh, or lifting weights. I can't run like he can. Um, dude, you know, but there's like studs like that. All Dude, yeah, even like Andy outliers. Stump, right? I didn't yeah. really even know a whole lot about Andy until I actually kind of went up there and had a conversation. He's a, he's an absolute badass, you know? Um, besides jumping off of buildings like an idiot right. or whatever. Um, <laughs> like you know, psychopath, super, super great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, you know, I pull my motivation from all different people, all different aspects. Um, some of the motivational stuff kind of gets, redundant and and annoying and really loses focus of humans like we are humans it's okay to 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 have a bad day it's okay mm-hmm. to not want to work out today it's you know go hard every day i'm like yeah. no nah, i think i'm gonna take a recovery day yeah. bro oh yeah like <laughs> you know, I, I i you know uh so my i have i have three daughters and my oldest one we've read all the uh the warrior kid books the jock oh yeah warrior kid books They're pretty and, good i heard yeah yeah they are and uh but uh, having list, like listened to his podcast and then there's also a warrior kid podcast that I've listened to with my daughter. And uh, 
you know, he talks about staying on the path and stuff. And I think, again, it's a, like you said, there's something to be taken away from everything. But at the end of the day, you can take something from each one of them. You don't have to go just nuts like they do. You go, again, Jocko talks about like if he has a piece of birthday cake, he's going to punish himself for like four days. You know, like, I mean, he's like going waterboarding himself if he has a piece of cake or something. And it's like, dude, listen, I, I work out very hard. I like to drink beer. There, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, some people are like, no, I don't really drink. Okay, cool. I do because I enjoy it. But it's also like, I also train really hard. I'm not trying to like, I don't want to be miserable all the time. Not that all my workouts are miserable, but you know what I mean? Like you don't want to sure. be in a constant state of like, okay, you know, I enjoy working. I enjoy jujitsu. I enjoy running. Eh, that's a lie. I don't, nobody enjoys running. Running's horrible. It's trash, I, dude. Goggins doesn't even enjoy running. He says that. He says he hates running. He's just a psychopath. Just does it fucking like yeah. he is. I think the, I don't remember which one of them was. I'm sure it was one of them that said it, but it's like motivation comes and goes. It's all about the, it's got to be Jocko because he's, it's all about discipline. You sure. tell yourself, I look at it though. And I've, I've had this discussion with my wife before because like I said, she thinks I'm a psychopath because of how often, how much I work out. And I said, I go, but at the end of the day, I can use my job as that excuse to where I literally, when I'm on a run and I'm taking the dog for a run to just burn his energy, but I'm making that run and I don't want to be running. I tell myself, I go, you know what? I go, I need to do this so that I'm better for fill in the blank. You know, sure. that day that one of my guys does get shot and I have to drag him backwards and I have a little bit more gas in my tank because I just ran these three miles or four miles or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, absolutely, it, it's, it's tough for people that don't have a job like this sometimes to have that motivation or that like I said, not necessarily motivation, but that underlying like asterisks, if you will, of like, hey, I have to do this for this reason. Because that's how I sure. look at it is I look at it as I don't want to be, I don't want to ever be the guy like that video. we saw. I don't want to ever be the guy not able to drag Rodney. Like I want to be the guy dragging Rodney. You know what I mean? Like that's a shirt right there. I want to be the one that can drag Rodney. Yeah, I don't no, want to be the guy I, I, that's can't I mean, that's move my partner. You know, the ability to understand what your failure can be uh, is a hard reality that I hope people never have to face. And the one, the one way uh, to not face that is reps. Whether it be in the gym, whether it be on the mats, whether it be with your team, whether it be on the range, whether it be in a shoot house, whatever the case may be. It's just reps and reps and reps. And it's okay to fail, right? It's just not okay to accept failure. Um, And that's kind of what it comes down to. And that's kind of everything. And that's kind of how I even, again, I'm learning a lot about business. Business is a whole new venture for me. Um, And I'm learning about mistakes that I've made and, and, mistakes that the company's made and also about the successes we've made. And we're going to keep on kind of pushing our mission and kind of, kind of doing our thing. I know I'm going to continue doing my thing. Um, not sure if it's always the right thing, but I'm going to keep, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Um, you know, and I obviously like appreciate people like you and it's, it's comforting to know that you'd even want me on your podcast. I get a couple of people want me on their podcast and, you know, <laughs> I usually, usually say no. 
believe it or not. Um, <laughs> well, and it's not because it. I'm, I'm like a jackass. It's usually because yeah. of time. Right. Um, you know, but, but, or it's, or it's just, I feel like they may have some type of secondary motivation. And I don't know. Oh, I trust me. My my motivation. No, man, is, but I like you, dude. I like how you were. Uh, you know, you know. Obviously, obviously, you're from Florida, so I'm all about that Florida life too. Um, I have a lot of buddies in Florida too, so um, you know. But you know, it, it's you know, it's just kind of one of those things where um, I knew it was going to be a good conversation. I knew we were kind of all going to, you know, we're going to be on the same page. You're a canine yeah. guy, I'm, you know. Definitely huge canine guy as well. So. Awesome, dude. I really am uh, uh, excited to see. Um, so how many episodes do you have in your podcast? Uh, so I have like, this is going to be, I think like episode 11 or 12. But I had, I started kind of, I kind of took a leaf out of uh, Andy's book and started doing uh, WTF Wednesdays, where I just answer questions that people send in like DM me oh, cool. or whatever. And I just kind of... Some of them are just, some of them are buddies that just send in like bullshit questions about like, you know, some things that I obviously can't answer and still keep my job, you know, they're just, they're fucking with me. Those are the best friends you have. Oh yeah. And uh, I want to answer them, but I just don't know per policy how bad I would get hemmed up. You'll be so fired. Oh yeah. So, but then I get other ones from people that are, you can tell that they're uh, like just civilians and they message me a question that it's like, clearly they're just curious about like cops, like, like something to do. Like, uh, one person was like, what's the, uh, what's the funniest canine incident you've had that wasn't like, like just being a canine handler, you know? And I told this story about my dog taking a shit and someone's, you know what I mean? Like, and just stuff that like, you don't think of as a cop because it's kind of like, uh, it's almost second nature, but you have to take that extra moment to think about it. So I've done like, cause I had a bunch of people that I say a bunch, I, not like I have a huge following or anything, but I had quite a few people hit me up about, especially like through COVID, it was kind of hard to like schedule people to like do podcasts with because scheduling and just chaos and everything. But it was like, people were like, when are you going to release more stuff? So I started doing the WTF Wednesdays just to get out more content, you know, and uh, it's been going pretty good. I don't know. As long as people keep sending questions, I'll keep doing it. But it's, it's dude, man, dude, yeah. man, man, that's, that's the thing is I just, I started doing a podcast because of Andy. I was on the way back from Montana on the flight and I was already typing out the first episode. Nice. Um, I had a podcast and I stopped for a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, he asked me why I told him, but didn't time. Yeah. Um, and he told me, he was like, yeah, Joe Rogan told me the same thing. Told me to quit being a bitch. Um, so I, uh, I guess I stopped being a giant vagina and just decided to do the podcast and yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, great. I, I'm surprised people actually want to hear me and my speech impediment for, <laughs> you know, an hour or so. Yeah, um, me too. I'm, I'm, but, you know, I've also been very lucky. I've had some really good, I've had some really great guests. Um, yeah. you know, I'll definitely have you on mine as well, man. Oh, I, uh, cool. it's always good to have, you know, the perspective. Um, I mean, I've had everything from, you know, UFC fighters to world-class martial artists, to oh, cops, nice. to SWAT guys, uh, to kind of like the bigger Instagram name guys that, that, you know, that are out there. I get to pick their brain a lot. And, Damn, that's um, awesome. You know, uh, 
I need to do some Q and A's, man. Those are actually yeah. pretty fun. I, 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 I well, get a lot of questions. I was just going to um, say, especially with the amount of DMs um, you get, I bet you have a plethora of, you can pick and choose which ones you want to answer, you know? Oh like, dude. I, uh, I usually get about 300 questions. And if I ever ask how many, how many podcasts I want oh, here, <laughs> I'll tell you one of the funniest questions I got today. So I did a little Q and A today and yeah. somebody asked me, um, I can pull it up real quick. So it was, well, it actually canceled, but it was like, but dude, I get random questions, right? Like, so I get everything from like, Hey man, do you prefer the outer carrier versus inner carrier? You know, do you want to like disperse weight, red dots on pistols? Or I get questions like you ever try to catch shower water in your ball sack? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. See, those are the types of questions that I'm getting. I'm getting some of those questions that are like, and I'm like, who even what like yeah uh no maybe i don't know don't judge me um you know well, man, I, I get i get, I get all kinds of shit but um yeah, yeah man like the q a stuffs is 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 fun and uh yeah man i mean just i'm kind of like you like just gonna keep doing it and see if it's i'll just yeah. keep doing it until it's not fun anymore i, I really kind of what you were saying though is like the reason that i kind of got into it is with the it was kind of more of like a, eh, let's try it and kind of hence the name. Let's see what happens sort of thing. And then I was like, it would be really cool if one day I get to start talking to people that are like people way cooler than me. Like people like you that like, I know oh, I'm not that cool. bro. I, well, but I never would have, I never would have <laughs> really met cool. you if I hadn't, you know what I mean? Like this isn't necessarily anywhere that we would have necessarily crossed paths unless I was like, Oh, Hey, like I listened to podcasts and I heard, Oh, I like that guy. Like, he sounds like, like you said, we have similar thought process and stuff, but sure. uh, yeah, but no, I really appreciate your time, Adam. I, let awesome. me ask you one more question if I can. Yeah, just, yeah. So I wrote this down. I thought it was uh, a reasonable question, especially from someone in your position. If a cop has limited time to train, which we all do, what would you say is most vital? Fitness, shooting, self-defense. If you had to pick one. Um. So one of my, one of my biggest approaches to training is self-assessment. Um, and what I mean by that is they're all very important. When the time comes, one could be more important than the other, right? Uh, we don't know when that time is, and we don't know what the situation is. We actually, we unfortunately don't get to pick that. Uh, it picks us. And so my approach to training let's just say at a patrol level, um, I do the 50, 30, 20 approach. It's something that I kind of came up with uh, as my time in law enforcement to where I saw what people were lacking in and what was going to be used more uh, and what was going to um, save their life more. But it's really all all based off self-assessment. So like 50% of your training, I believe, should be defensive tactics and fitness, um, hands down, right? Uh Fitness is foundation for survival. It's kind of our motto, um, and you're going to use that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, your jujitsu training, your defensive tactics training, most encounters aren't going to involve a gun or any type of uh, less than lethal. So obviously going hands-on, you'd be very comfortable. The only way to do that is reps on reps on reps. So if you're not doing that 50% of the time, at least two to two or three days a week, you're not training enough. The 30% case law, medical Things like that when it comes to, obviously, understanding law. Um, you'd be surprised, and I'm sure you know, guys come out of the academy, absolutely clueless. Uh, when even when it comes to, do when do I Miranda? Do I Miranda? Should I Miranda? Um, you know, things like that. Just, 
yeah, yeah, just, you know, simple, simple case law, even like use of force stuff, right? So that stuff is extremely important and very much underlooked. Like obviously the medical training, things like that. Uh, and obviously the 20% for, for the patrol level, shooting and tactics, uh, firearms training. Again, those percentages would vary. But for me personally, if I had to pick one, I would pick all three. Um, I just can't, I just can't pick one because, because they're all so vital to that one, that one time you need that one particular skill. Again, self-assessment is extremely important. And actually knowing how to do self-assessment is a whole nother skill in itself. Um, For me, it was very humbling. And I, I obviously learned from many different people. Um, and I still consider myself a novice when it comes to instructing, when it comes to training, when it comes to the world itself. Uh, I, I know very little about jujitsu. Um, I know very little about fitness. I know very little about shooting. Um, but there are people there that know way more than me. And those are the people that I'm learning from. And if I can be just kind of like what my so my granddad used to tell me, he said, uh, you know, Adam, you should be a jack of all trades and the master of a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and the master of a few, I, for me personally, I would love to be uh, jujitsu and fitness. Right. Simply, simply because that's probably what for me is probably going to be called upon if something were to ever happen. Because just from what the, what the data shows, you're more than likely to use those two things than anything else. Right. Um, so I'm just going to be, I'm just going to train for what, is more than likely to happen, but also not neglect um, awesome. firearms, tactic, case yeah. law, and medical training as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you're busy, and uh, I really appreciate it. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, answer you know any bullshit questions for crazy Florida down here, I'd be – Do, man. Uh, let me – um, so. whoever you're at in Florida, we can yeah. talk offline. And, yeah. uh I'm actually supposed to be heading down to Florida in a couple of months, as a matter of fact, to go nice. hang out, uh, doing a Jacksonville, Miami type of loop. Okay. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too far, bro. I'm in South Carolina. Nice. So yeah, yeah, man. Um, I definitely get you on my podcast. Maybe do a, maybe do a Q and A. Hell yeah, I'm in. And some good questions, but yeah, absolute pleasure, my man. Hey, thank, thank you, you for so having me much, on, Adam. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Absolutely, sir. All All right. right. Thank you, buddy. See ya.